Yes, hello, Race Brain Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Bracken Crocker joins me. Jack Bauer joins me today. We have a bunch to talk about. We do. We have the FISO Obstacle Racing World Championships. Did I say that right? Nailed it. Is that, was, that, was that the branding that they're going with? We had DecaFit Orlando. We had another CrossFit mishap situation or just like more affirming, an affirming measurement situation for CrossFit. Not a mishap. <laughs> it's, it's true to form. It is just consistently inconsistent. That is true. And that's across the board. So it's, it's just something funny that we want to, to kick around a little bit. Jack has trivia, Jack's facts, AKA race brain teaser. And we got a new ochre category. We got to talk about first, we had a world championship happen. Jack, you were locked and loaded. How did you consume the FISA world championships? Uh, I consumed it by looking at the results because I sent you guys a link. Did you guys decide to pay that money to watch the race? I did not. I, I, I was just, I was thinking, oh, I was busy this weekend. I wasn't, but I did <laughs> not pay for for the link. How much was it? I, I believe it was a dollar, according to oh. the website. But it was it was like on World Obstacles Facebook page, but it had like three people who reacted to the post. And then it took you to some website, and then it was like ESPN 24 Live. Doc. I'm like, I don't know if I'm entering my credit card on this website. So I did I not. did. My credit card flagged it as a scam. I said, you're right. I declined the charge. No way. Listen, that really if, Chase, if, if, if Chase flags this whole organization as a scam, who am I to say otherwise? That actually happened, right? <laughs> you're not making did that you, up. Did you did you inform Chase about this organization beforehand just to keep keep an eye out on him? I said this is an Olympic path guy. <laughs> I yeah. need to pay for this. I need to help. But a dollar's fine. I mean, that was something that happened at, at... Is it? Why not? I think that's more disrespectful than $15. I would I think what's the most you would pay for something like this? Like say for this or for um, yeah, like watch the CrossFit Games to watch the World Championships track and field or High Rocks World Championships, what would be like the most amount that you would pay to watch something remote? I paid for the runner space plus for the you U.S. National wow. Championship this year to that try to watch me. I tried to and stuff. I couldn't it do was it. Not, I mean, it was about the same level of uh, ease of use as the FISO website. And I immediately canceled it afterwards. What was that? Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Was that what it was? Fourteen. I was trying to pay that as well, but I was trying to do it on my mobile, and I that wasn't was happening. Doing. It wasn't working I had to for me. Switch I switched like, to my laptop. Yeah. I think the hardest part is there's so much confusion about where to access stuff. It's like even with the NFL, it's like oh, you can get uh, NFL Sunday ticket, but you can also get Red Zone for a little bit more. But you won't get your local NBC games, which you need an antenna for. Like they, they've got. If you want to watch the London game? It's yeah. like ESPN Plus, Amazon Prime is Thursday night. It's a whole deal. Exactly. I got to yep. figure it out though. I'm locked in. Anyway, I, I, got I am more edition, disrespected so. by a dollar than I am five or ten or fifteen. Because <laughs> you're not going to make any money off of it, so There's why no are you charging me? That. But true. it also means you're not going to give me any good product. If I'm going to spend ten or fifteen, mm. I'm 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 buying part of a pay per view here. There's going to be some production value. I'm not helping your cause for a dollar, and you're not offering me much. Jack, what's most you would pay? I'm in the same boat as Brack, and it's like it. There's a lower limit to at which point it's like, why are you even bothering charging this? 
cover mm-hmm. it with advertisements and stuff. But if you pay 10 bucks, sure, you can be mad about it if it doesn't turn out good, but you at least like have a little bit of expectation heading into it that it might be decent. And I think if it like if you were going to go to a live event, right, like how much would that realistically be? 10 at least, right? Mm-hmm. Any yeah. any live event like high school football is probably going to be that much, right? I haven't been in a while, but I would yeah. imagine 5 to 10. What are you expecting for what's best case scenario? If they advertised it so well, how many viewers could they get? Oof. And what to tune in live? Cuz this tune in you, live. We, was this then available on demand? Like if we could <laughs> – like if we bought this thing, could we go back and look at it, watch it later? Could we watch it? I don't know. Because if – Could you buy it now for 50 cents and watch it 48 hours post? I mean we're, we're talking like dollar terms that they would be thrown around in the 1950s. Would you watch it for 50 cents? It's like what, what is that at this point? <laughs> but, but the but question, question of numbers is, is I mean this. What's best case question. scenario viewers? Best case live, two thousand. Yeah, that's what live, I was asking. Live, live or, or three? Period. One thousand live, live, I think, is good. What's the biggest number we've seen live? Like twenty six hundred for Spartan, something like that. What was our watch along? Hold on, let me go check a look and see if I've had that. Yeah, twenty twenty two watch along. I'm just looking at like random, like Spartan Decafit Austin had twenty one thousand views. Um, Decafit Team Championship last not year, live. four and a half. I, I know. I'm just saying so. We're in the thousands. We're not in the tens of thousands is what I'm saying. You can't make enough to hire anyone professional. You can't make enough to make a difference. So then it's just an inconvenience. You can't make enough to pay the athletes. So yeah, don't slap me in the face with a dollar. I'd rather overpay for a worse product. If it's a dollar, let me like pirate this like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I, I do agree. But I think this is a really long, drawn out way of saying none of us watched it. Mm-mm. None of us I watched paid attention, it. but I, didn't I was watch. I was I was following the results, old yes. school Athlink style. So I feel like I I have a general sense of what happened. And Jack, you were you were locked in with the social media, the athletes over there. You know how to pronounce more of the athletes' names than I do, so it's easy. Yeah, but it's to more track. fun when you do it. It's more fun for you to track. So I'm like, ah, I think this is. I need to hear how how this person's name Jack, is said. What are you sending me links that. for right now? I'm sending you a link to the results so that you can actually okay. see the names. I have I have it up. Okay. Well, let's talk, I let's talk about three. Wood. I yeah. got it. Locked in. But BK needs help. Yep. So for the 3K, women's elite, Ida Matilda Steensgord took the win. Nicole Miracle was second. Elrique Evanson was third. There's a bunch of notable names here. Alyssa Petrova was fourth. And some names, I guess, we haven't seen. Those are like the most common names that we'll see. Like Dom- Dominique Blum from uh, in tenth place. She's done really well at OCR Worlds in the past. Um, Jessica Izquierdo, she's really good from Spain. Now you're uh, fine. Katrina- <laughs> I'm just mentioning like th- like that OCR series. Katrine, she's done really well um, from I believe that's Norway. Their flag. But bottom line, you had like kind of a who's who of European racers there. It was, it was certainly a strong field. And then on the men's side, it was Gian Savani. That was John Maria Savani. Yes, the hair was second and also second. Correct, right? Am I right here? We'll get into it's that. Debault, Debouche. How are we saying this one? Tibo, Tibo, Debouche, Debouche. He was. They were. That was our podium. Other notable um, that we might be familiar with was Leon Kofed, who was sixth. 
TVT, a.k.a. the number one block. He was eight. Uh, Jonas Drescher was 10th. So same same kind of thing. Like these are yeah. these are names, and, and I'm sure you could go through and, and be like, oh, this guy who got fifth, he was actually third three and a half years ago. Twelve years ago, he ran 16, <laughs> 12, and a 5K. But those are the names that we would most likely be familiar with. On the men's side, on the 3K, I think the top finisher was Kevin Thompson at 34th. Nick Mask was 35th. And then um, – Sean was down in 60th, and I believe that was our that was our team. He had a bad race. That yeah. was our team there. So let's talk about the women's first. So at the top, I mean, these are athletes that we've seen often with Ida, who knocked off Lindsay at the 3K at OCR Worlds last year in, in an incredible upset, really. Does it again. She takes another world championship and puts it to her name, beats another defending world champion, champion or previous world champion in Nicole Miracle. Almost three minutes. By almost three minutes. Did you catch any? 301 for Ida, 2543 for Nicole. So that's that's a win. And these obstacles were looking difficult. You know what this did to me? What did it do to you? This, to me, launched Ida way up the all-time rankings for me. Really? Yes. Despite the fact... That I came into this and say and said, I, I don't really care about this event. I don't think it means what they say it means. You can't just show up and say, hi, we're a federation. This is your world championship and call it the OCR world championship when the OCR world championship already exists. <laughs> However, all those things aside, what do we always say when we send North American athletes over to European races? It's not really our style of racing. We don't expect ourselves to do well. We don't expect much out of these people because it's, it's, it's a different sport. And they go over there and they get crushed. Mm. But I think it's time to start doing the opposite for them. If she comes over here and is always competitive with our best athletes and still wins over there in this crazy style of OCR that's over there, it's it speaks to her level of greatness that she can do our thing as well as we can. And she can do her thing better than we can do. The crossover is not equal. She crosses over much better than we do. And so for me, it just elevates her. Despite the fact that this might be run by like the Goofy Games committee, it doesn't change the fact that on the same test as everyone else, she dominated. If we're looking at like the who's who of women's OCR history, got Lindsay, Nicole, Zuzana, those three are kind of on their own tier. Who who are you putting in between Ida after that? Nicole. We I have we have Lindsay, several Lindsay, like five people in between. Do we I know do that? We... But at this point, though, I mean, I think you're right. Like uh, she's been doing it for a long time. Like right now, we Amelia, have Claude, yeah. Rhea, and Karen, and Amelia ahead of her. But I think you're right, BK. She might make she might make a jump. Yeah, I I, I don't know how we deny her now because this was a world class field. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they were, who hosted it. People showed up, and she dusted everyone and came over here and holds with our best so even annie who's fantastic but rusty but fantastic she did so much better than annie on annie style courses than annie did over there it just speaks to how like someone like annie who's so good and well-rounded it just speaks to how good this woman is i'll give you another example so Ida 2301 igor belisov who got podium at ocr worlds on the men's side 
ran 23.50, and he later won the 15K in the same exact race. And Ida ran faster than him on the same exact course in the 3K. Like, she would have been top 20 in the men's field. The My question when we were talking about this is like, yeah, but like, is this fitness? How fit is... is <laughs> And that's always my my thing with uh, with obstacle racing, and it's different, right? It's it's there's a, com- a a massive component for sure. But when you get a, to a course like this and this style, your fitness is it it's not going to elevate you the way that it would in a Spartan race in a Deca fit, obviously, because there's such a skill component that is necessary for this that it can just slow people down so much. But these athletes that she beat are fit athletes right? mm-hmm. it's not like oh she's out obstacled people which she clearly did that as well but you the the very t- top of the top they're still as fit as anybody else in in the world and in most things the running's not the separator but you can't do it without being a good runner but being a great runner doesn't help you mm-hmm. because the obstacles are so paramount i mean she basically beat everybody in the sport on the women's side besides Lindsay and maybe Emma, but I don't necessarily think Emma would have, this wouldn't have been a favorable course for her Mm-mm. in the three K. No, it's just very like she's fallen off a couple of rigs in Spartan race. This is, you know, 10 times that level. Realistically, we saw Rose who we know is a great athlete is extremely experienced in obstacle racing. She finished in 25th, but again, we talk about with her as well, her obstacles, it's not what gets it's not why she's been successful right she can get through them but her fitness and her grit is what really separates her on the US side of things over there like there's not a lot of you can't access really either of those things as much you know what this showed me again maybe in the most stark contrast i've ever seen is that north american ocr is spartan regardless of brand even savage which is like the people's champ in rig based it's still run do a obstacle, run, do a obstacle. You're still mm-hmm. not doing three, four, five things in a row. It's still made in Spartan's image. Mm-hmm. Most of our events are outside of the very niche events where over there, they just have a different formula for how to make a course that our, we have a very Spartan specific fitness and they have a very obstacle specific fitness. Very few people have both. Some other names I did. I'm scrolling down now. I saw Zuzana was out there. She finished yep. 16th. Karin so, Carlson, her her new last name is Abrahamson, so she's 11th. Okay. And that's someone oh. you have ahead. Jack, that's someone that you I, have I, on our all-time list. You're like, hey, hey things have this changed is the in one. the past year for Ida. So. Yeah, this isn't power rankings, right? This is this is all-time yeah. rankings. So power Siri, rankings. Yeah. Siri England, She's uh, she won OCR Worlds the first year in Ohio. She got 20th. You know, she's as efficient as anybody on obstacles. Um, Sarah Beckstrom? Beckstrom? Beckstrom. Beckstrom. Yeah, this is a really deep field. So super deep field. Congratulations to Ida. I mean, she's she's obviously a great athlete and continues to ascend, right? And I think she still wants to pursue high rocks and and do all the functional stuff. Because, I mean, she's, she's done about as much as an athlete can do now in this space i mean what else do you think she really needs to spartan like, world's podium this year 3k and that's and a 3k that's definitely something that's on the table yeah and 15 15k does stretch her a little bit that distance seems to be Bong a bit, a bit challenging for her question. she yeah. did get seventh in the uh in the desert in the beast so she can't yeah, right. needed. Not bad no, no i no. know yeah yeah 
our sport's weird in that we expect our best athletes to be able to do everything. And so I don't right. think it's fair to say you must be able to be an ultra athlete and short course and hybrid, except our best athletes can kind of do it all. And she hasn't done an ultra that I know of. Like that, well, We're starting that. to reach for, well, has she done an ultra? Or, right. <laughs> she's done it all other than the things that you shouldn't be expected to do other than the like the Mount Rushmore people have all run ultras and won them. Right. Bracken, on that topic, like you expect the best athletes to be able to do everything. You were just mentioning that U.S. is basically just Spartan racing, no matter how you look at it. Like, do you expect them to do well at an event like this? No, because we don't ever count this as this is an OCR in the North American sense. And it, isn't it crazy though? Because distance wise, yeah, and I get what you're saying. I'm just I'm just using paraphrasing. You know, no, what, you're right. what you said right there. Because like literally, this was OCR Worlds at Europe, like mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of competition that was there. Mm -hmm. Everybody bought in. You, you had very respectable names from the U.S. show up. A couple notable, like from Canada, were not there. Um, but pretty much, like mm -hmm. if you had VJ and Kempson, I think that would have probably rounded out the men's field. But you, you kind of had, like you had Nicole, you had Annie. Rose is always up there. Like it would have been exciting seeing an Emma or an Alex Walker. You know, you know some of the other uh, top five contenders in the U.S. scene consistently, but. You did get buy-in from the U.S. athletes regardless, and the results speak for themselves. We got partial buy-in. Partial buy-in for sure. I don't have best. Yeah. Jack, would you consider this field that was assembled in Belgium to be stronger than the field that was assembled in Vermont for OCR World Championships last year? Vermont. Mm, you had a lot of the same ones, um, realistically. I'd, I'd have to look at it because it's like – you lose out on Kempson, you lose out on VJ, you don't have Ryan, you don't have Tyler. Like, and they beat everybody at their own game. The difference is that course had Logan, he's podium before, but it was a Spartan style you, course. You didn't, you didn't have 4,000 feet of elevation change. This had like 1,000. And if we're talking about standardization, is that what every future course is going to be? Or are they only going to have 1,000 feet? Because they, they have their specific model that they're looking for for their standardized course. So... I was a little confused why they did a 14K instead of a 15K. Maybe, you know, there's room for change before they, like, nail down everything. But my guess is they're probably going to have a similar format going forward, like, in terms of allowable elevation change during a course and the number of obstacles and stuff. That That's just what it seems like the, their whole goal was, to get some consistency forever. You know, even if you have a different, like, terrain, you're still going to have the same amount of gain. You're still going to have the same flat, same downhill over the, the net course. On the men's side, let's talk about these dudes. So the finishing time was uh, 2032. Are we saying Gian? 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 I don't know. Gian? Like lasagna. You're not pronouncing the hard G. Yeah. Oh. There you go. It, it's probably okay. John Maria realist if it was the English version of it, but Gian is that Maria. How we do, is that how we do Italian names? We just like compare them to pasta? Yeah. And then just like say how the pasta is said. <laughs> Speak with your hands. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I can do that. <laughs> and then, okay, Jack, take us through what happened for the second and third place athletes with Yessa De Hair and T Ball Diboche. You nailed it right there. Nailed. Um, so, yeah, the, the way that I, I saw it, and like we mentioned, there wasn't great coverage. So it's kind of just spectator video that was available. Um, but Yessa De Hair 
ended up reaching a rig in second place and he got there and the rigs are supposed to have a platform according to the rule book and that is what you must step on first but there wasn't one so he just kind of went in and he's a, a taller longer athlete and he just went in grabbed what he did got halfway through marshall gets in his way and is like go back you didn't you didn't touch the the starting platform that everybody's required to have like a, a starting position on um and he basically went decided to go backwards on that rig without touching the ground went back touched what he thought was the starting point went forward marshall told him something again he went back a second time so he basically went back and forth back and forth and then forward a, a last time so f essentially five one directional passes of this rig before he finished and during the meantime, while he's hanging, that's when Stein Legrand, who got fourth, and Thibaut Desbouchers, and Jonas Drescher, a, a few of them, got on the rig. And this is with, I think, about 800 meters left into the race. So you're about three quarters done distance-wise during the race. Uh, Yessa fell back, and he ended up putting on a, a huge surge and ended up passing Thibaut and a couple of those other athletes and ended up crossing the line in second place. So apparently... There was a little misunderstanding um, with the rule book because they say you have to start on the uh, on a platform, and somebody filed a protest against Yessa saying that he didn't follow the rules on that. Was it T-Ball? I don't know if T-Ball did or if somebody who was representing Team Belgium did because every team had like a, a manager and they like, could have like done an Ian Hosick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Um, Ian was actually the the manager for it. There was um, some other. His name starts with an A. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But disrespectful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like you remember. Um, but anyway, an appeal was filed, and I guess they had like a review. I don't know what the review process was, and this is just kind of quick snippets that I saw. I know that there's a, a longer interview on ORM with Matt. He talked to both of them, um, but apparently the uh, review happened, and they determined that even though he wasn't supposed to go backwards because it says that you have to like maintain forward progress just so you're not stalling on the rig the whole time. The marshal was in the wrong and shouldn't have told him that. Um, basically should have said like drop or so. Basically the marshal gave wrong direction. So because you're only allowed to have one attempt at these obstacles. Correct. Cause of the band system. So like realistically you could be like, okay, you actually failed this obstacle because you did not, comply with what the rules said so i'm guessing that's what their protest was like you shouldn't have been able it was to... a start point yes yes right you shouldn't have been and able to go backwards it the moment he touched it without starting correctly yes. right it was an instant it was an instant disqualification from the from the obstacle according to the protest because yes. he did not mount it correctly correct Which is stupid. The, the first well, the first right point. we'll get to let, that right yeah let, let me let me just finish this and then we can kind of discuss the intricacies of it um but anyway after they did the review period and FISO decided, oh, the marshal was in the wrong, so we can't really give you that 90-second penalty, Yessa, so we're going to actually put you at second. But Tebow was also correct because, you know, you, you technically did the obstacle wrong. So so basically the protest was correct and wrong, so they decided we're just going to give Bolby a second place, <laughs> and stupid. that's what it is. So you had two people in second place on the podium. I might have a couple things incorrect on like the the finer details of that but that's nah, you how were all right that was perfectly that, yeah that was perfectly yeah. correct we won't hear anything else right. but that so yeah. i rewatched the video and then there's a different angle i was well there's two videos on it i rewatched them 
There was some uh, Tebow's post and a few others comments were very spiteful towards this act of this transgression on course. If you watch the video, he just ran up and got on the obstacle and started moving. He used the first piece. And as soon as he got there and the, the marshal said something, he immediately turned and went back. Didn't argue. came down and then immediately, like, there was no he arguing. He didn't come down. He, was, he stayed on it and went back. No, I'm saying turned yeah. around and went back. Yeah. But there was no arguing. It was full compliance. There was no justification. It was just, it looked like the most appropriate response to an official you could ever have. Anyone could say, yes, he should have known better, but you can't say that this was a malicious act. He was clearly trying to listen to exactly what the officials were saying. And so at that point, they put themselves in a terrible spot, which is we have video of our official being wrong and our athlete being appropriate for the official. So you're in, right, right off the bat, you're in a tough spot because you have a clear rule, albeit a dumb one, and a clear misapplication of the rule, and a clear adherence to the misapplication by the athlete. So what would you, I mean, what is the proper response there? I, I don't think any vitriol should be put towards, towards him because he hmm. was compliant the entire time. If, if you listen to Tebow's interview with Matt, he basically is like, I don't have anything against Yasa. I just want proper I just want rules. I want the place I didn't know. No, you, there were some it, comments online, and it's second language. It could be people could use inappropriate wording that could seem harsh, but they didn't have a rule for when the rules weren't followed. <laughs> as they issue. But the thing that would have happened if Yessa decided, I'm going to drop down and put my feet on the ground and start over, that's a fail. So he was like, I'm not dropping. I'm right. just going back there and starting over because this marshal said I did something mm -hmm. wrong, but it, I didn't drop. So I think it's just... Like you, like you described, Bracken, it's like how were the rules applied, and he just simply adhered to what he was told on the spot yeah. right there. It's like, you're a marshal. You know it. I've got race brain right now. I read the rule book, but like I, if you're telling me I'm doing something wrong, I might have forgot something in the meantime. I'm not going to deny you of telling me that I'm doing something wrong because you're level-headed at that moment. So what would you guys do? How, how would you have solved this situation if you were fiso? Offsetting, offsetting penalties just two wrongs the place just stands like yes across second t-bolt cross third that's that's the placement because i mean i'm sure the penalty loop would have been more costly to yesa than what i he think did it was like 90 seconds rig. it was like right significant and he ended up and but like so how much time do you think he spent on that rig like 40 extra seconds say 30 30 yeah, i'd say he probably was on there at least 15 extra seconds and he crossed, and he and he and he crossed the six line seconds six seconds in, in front of T ball. So like the penalty loop, you can realistically say that he would have been back into fifth, sixth ish, if if he did. I, fail I thought that. that he would have been. I thought he would have been ninth if that was the case, because he would have been twenty two third. Yeah, that would have been ninth place. Is it worth? There's only two options. As it stands, as we cross the line. Growing pains will use this as a learning experience, but he did follow the rules of the on course, which on course always trumps rule book. Yeah. On course interpretation always sure. trumps it until a protest. So it's either as stands or you flip those two. I think those are the only two calls you can make. Yeah. Why would you flip those but two? They should not have given double second places though. That's at the end of the day. That was you could have not... penalized and said, he's right. He would have passed you on the loop. We don't know what would have happened after that, but we'll give Tebow second and your third. 
I think it's a worse well, execution of Steen, it, but a tie is horrible. Steen would be like, why would he get second? And Right. So I think yeah. you have to just let it go or – yeah, I think that's the only thing you can do because if you punish him, you're also saying don't listen to our, our marshals on course. And was it yeah. – I mean I didn't look at the real, real rule book in preparation for this, but that's when you get into that Spartan scenario where it's like, uh, 10-minute penalty? Where they don't, they don't have anything written and they just like make up something on the spot. It didn't seem like they wanted or had anything to do for that. And it wasn't that he broke the rules on purpose. Yeah. You know? If you if you listen to the ORM interview with Tebow, he, he basically said they need to just simplify the rule book. He's sick of like section two, part A, subparagraph. That Like stop having scenarios for scenarios. Basically yeah. just say something simple like you must start behind this line and touch the first implement no matter what and then hit the bell with your hand or foot at the end that is it it's that's what it comes down to right is that they're actually neutering the race by having this dumb like do you see what the platform was it was a little it was a, a what f- disc or it was a floating yeah. disc yeah it looked like he was on a platform and just skipped the first implement but the he just first grabbed the rope instead the of using his foot on it that's yeah. so dumb it neuters the course the because name. Yeah. What's the greatest part about OCR Worlds? What do we all talk about? Are people leaping and flying and taking chances? If you all have to start from a stationary position on this, it negates that. And since the obstacles are the name of the game there, let the obstaclers, like, let them cook. Let's, let's, let's let Russ cook here. That's mm-hmm. what we want out of all of this. And so it overly complicates it and it dumbs the race down. Just like you said, have your line. It's long jump. As long as you take off from here, we don't care how you get across. We want to encourage fantastic feats of athleticism. Now, thing- the funny thing is, sorry, I'll make this quick, but if you watch the 100 meter, which was put on by FISO in this same exact competition, so many of them, they had like four consecutive uh, wheels and people would jump out to the second or third one and skip that first thing. That leap past it and not touch every single implement. And it's also okay there. It's okay there for some reason, but it wasn't when yes, it did here. So it's like a little double standard. That's what it is. Like you said, like if T ball is calling for a a simplification of the rule book, just simplify the race. Don't have these stupid, like arbitrary rules set in for that. Like maybe it's for safety. I don't know why you would have something like that, but like this yeah. is a kind of a dangerous race, no matter what. I, I don't, I don't see what the benefit is to yeah. making you touch every implement along the way. That, that that like takes away the skill, like you said, Bracken. I mean, but that's also part of this course is that like it's a blend of mandatory completion and penalty, right? Like you don't get a chance. And that's our biggest gripe, not our biggest gripe with Spartan, but a gripe with Spartan is that you're, there's no incentive to take those risks. Like, the penalty's too mm-hmm. great. So, like, in this case, I kind of like this band format where, like, so if you... So do the athletes, it seemed. If you well, you should the get multiple attempts. I don't understand why it's one attempt. Like, you should get to choose right. to, to go back and... and because it's like still a big penalty. It. It's still like doing burpees, right? But yeah. it's... You should, you, should be able to, you should be able to go back. I don't... So... I think the most logical way and that's always a dangerous thing to say if you're wrong but the most (laughs) logical way of looking at a rule is what is the purpose of the rule it's generally to protect protect to protect you from something or to protect other people from something Mm -hmm. whether it's the integrity of the sport or safety or whatever so what is the purpose of a mounting rule what does it 
enhance or protect the sport from? Why would from, you from, have a rule for it? So that you don't – I think that's to protect yourself. So you don't jump out but then why and wouldn't the 100 meter, which happens at three times the speed, why wouldn't that have it? Less tired. I don't know. They're, I, I, I <laughs> that's not it. Well, would it be? It's like you're not less sweaty, less muddy, less – No, it's it's done – in, uh, the only explanation I can find for it is that it's done to simplify it. We don't have to guess if they took off from the right spot because we can see them standing on it. And yet, since it doesn't do that, we've already seen that, there's no need for the rule. Safety right. is not the issue. It is way, way more dangerous once you're swinging than it is jumping to it. That's not when people fall. And that's not when they get horribly hurt. So it, since we can't really, unless someone out there can prove why it's a beneficial rule, then it's a useless rule. So they should scrap it for version two and move on. I can see scenarios for like the forward progress having that for like safety, because if you get on an obstacle, you're on a rig or something and you're just hanging there and then you just decide to go backwards because it's a better grip. Now you're hogging the lane, preventing other people if they come up behind you. I could see that being an, an issue. But like if we're just talking a starting point, yeah, just a simple line that no one's going to confuse that it's language irrelevant it's like ikea instructions you don't need words for that it's just start behind this line grab the first thing if that's universal that way like if you're at a spartan race you're at a savage race you're at ocr series, anything over in europe south africa asia doesn't matter you just kind of know what the rules are because just that's, get through the obstacle however yeah. you can i don't Why even like need to know be... the forward progress rule me neither just because where you, does that just start if I'm on like this, going, can I reach back to like gain momentum? Get a bigger swing. That's true. That's all. That's also gray. Just get through the freaking obstacle. They should make it less. Don't how, however you want to, and I know people hate grabbing above the the grips or whatever. Just let people no, get don't do through that. however they want. Just get yeah. point A to point B. Because then all you have to do is create the obstacle in a way that it can't be mistaken. Yeah. Like if you hang it from a very thin rope or chain. There's no point to grab up there. Yeah, there's, if wire. there's nothing to grab, you won't do it. Yeah, it's wrap it in barbed wire. <laughs> color coded yellow it. or something. Like if it's yellow, don't touch Simple. it. Yeah. No, not even. Red is dead. Don't touch it. I'm nope. colorblind. So are probably 8% of the racers there. So. Not, right, we'll not go honey and Definitely. Africanized bees. That's that? what I'm talking it's about. Got some murder hornets on this. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Anyways, point is, all I want to say, all I'm trying to say is that. Rules shouldn't exist for the sake of having more rules. Yeah. If your yes. rule creates the need for a second rule and then a third, change the first one to avoid the subsequent rules. And that's what. And they're going to leave this with a ton of suggestions, we'll call it. <laughs> Hopefully, if they are the committee, the world committee that they claim to be, they will take it under advisement and they will do something about it. So, shit, I didn't realize. I didn't even know what an obstacle race was. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on this whole appeal process? We've like only seen that a couple of times. If you think of OCR Worlds when Ryland he got DQ, it wasn't even an appeal process. They saw it on the course, and he knew even before he crossed the finish line, he was going to get DQ'd. And we've seen it with Ryan Woods and other examples, Mick Jarello hopping over the the mud pit. They'll just give them an arbitrary ten minute penalty. There's no real like appeal at that point. Yet they used outside cameras for this particular example to apply a rule that they then took back. It's it's a weird I, precedent. I actually like it. I think you have to have an appeals process in any sport. It must be there. And I, th I think it's foolish to ever turn down a camera angle. 
I can understand why people would say we don't accept outside, but if you've got it, if you have the ability to make a more informed decision, I think you have to take it. The problem is how the appeals process works must be streamlined. Charging athletes to submit it, that's completely ridiculous. You read that the same way, right? It was a hundred bucks or something. hundred bucks. Yeah. Get it back if you win. I thought that's what I saw in the comments. Is it like the NFL? It costs money to file an appeal, which get it back? there is precedent for that. In like Braden's Racing League, it costs money to 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 submit an appeal, but it's like twenty bucks, and you get it back if you if it's upheld. However, in a race that's trying to bring together a world of under-sponsored athletes, why would you punish someone or or put in a barrier to success? for trying to see good being done. Well, they clearly don't want people to do it. Also, (laughs) the rules and the officiating has to be upgraded so that an appeals process is a last resort rather than just like a a reverse card in Uno that everyone's playing because it gets the wild way. Hey, I'm going to submit an appeal and you're going to submit an appeal. And there were so many appeals submitted this weekend that clearly the process for needing one needs to change more than the appeal process needs to change. Well, maybe that's how they can fund a live stream for a dollar. It's just like they just charge the athletes to to appeal. I'm cool with that. Give us a good product out there. Make the live stream pay us to watch it, and we are the appeals panel. We all Price. vote. Give us all a clicker, and we'll all vote. I don't think this is a terrible idea. I would be okay with this. But an athlete shouldn't ever have to say, I didn't want to, to to pay more money to get my justice done. They should just be able to trust that the Federation is going to protect them. I, I, I think appeals do have its place. I personally don't love – and I don't know if this is just like a matter of sportsmanship or, or why I generally feel like this. But I don't like that you could be like that person cheated. I'm filing an appeal against them as opposed to I was wrongfully – told something different or something happened that was unfair to me on the course because like then it is like a slippery slope it's like can you just appeal the entire race and just hope somebody screwed up along the way and and then like that's like where do you draw the line so i don't i don't love that it's like what happened to uh t-ball like yes didn't do anything to him you know what i mean so like there was nothing wrongful that happened to that person who ultimately filed the appeal. Where if it was, yeah, I think yes, I should file have to be able to file appeals. Like this person was in the wrong, got in my way. Like that's how I feel about. It. I don't like pointing fingers at other athletes. I find this it's an interesting phenomenon in sports that all these like big <laughs> tough alpha athletes will complain about officiating or whine about foul calls and everything. Um, because they're the same athletes that would never dare call a foul and pick up. Like I'm way <laughs> too tough and manly or womanly for that. I will never call a foul. I'll make you call it. But if the official doesn't call it, I'm going to whine and throw a fit. But the reason that happens is because as soon as you provide officiating in a rule book, the athletes assume it will be carried out fairly. And there's nothing that throws an athlete off more than an unfair competition. If it's on their term, sure, there's no officials. We know it's going to be unfair. We're just going to accept it. But as soon as you say this is how we have a federation, we have a rule book, we have marshals on course, then it is like this grievance that's been done to me if something is misapplied or unfair. And so I think if you're the one providing it, you have to be responsible for fixing it as well. 
the athletes shouldn't be pitted against each other online, on social media, and on mm-hmm. site in right. order for you to come up with the correct call. I don't think I don't the think athletes... athletes should be able to even appeal. They're... If this is truly world and federation, only federation should be able to. And realistically, there should be a panel of neutral parties. Otherwise, it's like the same countries like in track always appeal everything. And yeah, get get racebrain at gmail.com. We're available. We're available. I think that they should also they should also have it public. Whatever this appeal thing is, don't hide in a room and you know let us know yes. what's going on. Don't don't hide behind be the a scenes. Town hall meeting style. Yeah. There's like both athletes who are affected or all athletes or the federation, whatever someone who's actually affected by this, they should be in the room to make sure that there's a fair decision made and they can give a counter argument. Like they're the ones who touched the obstacle or were, were directly affected by it. They should have a little bit of input regardless of what video angle may or may not have been available. I think that that, that should be required. We're getting to this area that grit games talked about afterwards. Like, these wouldn't be such a big deals if the podcast and media didn't make such a big deal about it. However, this is the leading story on all these athletes' social media channels. And since the race was difficult to watch and the coverage was pretty poor in terms of World Obstacle doing things for it, we're getting it from the athletes. And this is the leading story coming out. It's unfortunate. Like This is their inaugural event. They had such a great melting pot of the nations, and they had as many... Uh, submissions of appeals as they had like social media posts about updates on their race and they also mm. haven't paid out yet or announced the prize money well oh, i was just gonna ask what was the prize money they, they don't know and i and yes uh, he, he said i think fiso was helping with the european championship earlier this year in june and they told him we'll pay you in october he hasn't been paid yet for that either so Ooh. i wouldn't be expecting this many, money for a long time appeals they get they got to see how many appeals been, they get. Yeah. They I'd have been charging out. people for appeals too. Yeah. Well, well, and that's that's amazing that they got this type of turnout for that without being paid. And maybe I'm just jaded on this, but if I if, I'm, if jaded. I don't know, I'm not going. What was the reasoning given to us of why this FISO World Opsco was needed? Originally, back in my initial conversations with Ian Adamson and his initial conversations on interviews, it was there is no regulation in the sport. There is no one to have the athletes back. If you are wronged by a race, there is nothing you can do about it. They need rights. They need regulations. They need someone to band together for them. And this organization stepped up to do it and right away has committed the like the holy trinity of OCR. We didn't announce our prize money. We <laughs> didn't pay you. And we're not quite sure how our rules work. Like the things that they're supposed to be able to handle across the board, they're like, let's get all this out of the way in our first event. All right. Now now that we're officially in OCR, we can, now we can we might not pay you. If if you crush that first event of your kind, you, you've already got that athlete buy-in. If you just do the the few small, simple things correct. We're, you know, we're probably going to be impressed by whatever obstacles are there. Realistically, as long as you pay the people and there aren't any controversies, people are coming back for year two. And seems hard. Questionable. That that old uh, question. What is it from ancient Rome or whatever? Who watches the watchmen? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be our watchmen. You're supposed to watch out for it. But if you're doing the same thing that you're protecting us from. Like, how do you challenge the, the world organization that stepped up to protect your rights and won't pay you? It, like, who watches the Watchmen? What happens here? 
We watch the Watchmen BK. Race brain does. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. But yeah, I mean, it just it, it. I think it's just a byproduct of the sport. It happens in the same way with the same or with different organizations over and over and over. And I think that's the thing with the rules is that it's just like kind of complicated. It's like not very straightforward. But OCR it doesn't need to be. Well, it it just continuously happens. Like people will will kind of bend the rules or get through things because there's so many variables. Where in other sports, it's like black and white it's like stay within these lines it's like start here finish here this is just like an explosion of 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 circumstances that but just that's, don't ooh, raise your hand account for it raise your hand if you know oh. anyone who is part of creating the rule book i don't know i don't have my hands not up jack's hands okay not up. if we know most of the people who are the people you would go to to make an OCR rule book, and we don't know of any of them were contacted for it. That's why your rule book might suck. Sure, I'm sure this is going to offend whoever was part of it, but it's like we've talked to Spartan for years. You have all the field experts that you can use to do this. Talk to Jack Bauer on a rule book. It's not. It's not hard. Jack has no dog in the fight. He's not like me where he's biased against Spartan or against Ian Adamson. He's not like Rich where he doesn't like running down hills or in dirt or how dare you or doesn't like Europe. <laughs> like, Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah. If Jack's not part Europe. of it or doesn't know who was part of it, the rule book might not be great. I would just make it the Wild West out there. I would just have like start rule one, start, rule two, finish. <laughs> Legally or illegally. However you can get there, get there. The way that I see it. It, this is coming from like the engineering field. So if you look at all the design codes that existed in the 1960s, 1970s, that they reference when you're in school and stuff, they're like the width of a 70 page notebook. They're small. And now if you look at them, you kind of need to be strong to carry these because it's like 2000 pages to read some of these design guides. It's like, what has happened since then that has required you to add 2000 pages to whatever was working before? Like, why do you need to do all these changes? And it's all because they're, adding subsection B part one paragraph to like, stop complicating it. Just keep it simple. You can do a whole lot more in fewer words. Realistically. I don't believe in that. I think so. Don't you dare limit my words, Jack. Otherwise bracket, you got to keep it down. All right, let's move along. We spent lots of time on the 3K. On to the 15K on the women's side. Nicole Miracle took it down. Alyssa Petrova was second. Ida finished third. We had Elricky Evanson in fourth. Uh, Siri England was fifth. We had Annie Doobie coming through in sixth. I wish Annie would have run that 3K. I don't know why she didn't. She would have done, she would have done really well. She I think she really wanted well to be fresh. Day. Yeah, this seemed like a grind. I mean, Nicole's time was 78 minutes. 118.11 for the win, and Alyssa was closer to 120. So they were out there for a minute. And any other notable names as we scroll through? But, I mean, these are a lot of the... You know, Alyssa, Ida, Ricky, Annie, and, and on the Spartan scene, they've been in the top 10, I believe, the past two years. And yeah. I don't, I'm not exactly sure where Ricky was in the past couple of years, but these are good Spartan, athletes. We've she's been around well. the top 10 in the world. Yeah. I thought so. I thought she was somewhere in that mix. Yeah. She gets drafted. That's for sure. Definitely. Yep. And then on the men's side, we had – hold on. My page is refreshing. Igor Belislov, uh, Jan – Belisov? Yeah. Go with that. Jan, like lasagna, Savani, 
was second there. Had himself a weekend. He sure did. Luca Pisani was third. This his fourth place name ain't happening, dude. Try it. You gotta from Port from Portugal. Goncalo, Prudencio. <laughs> it's got a little accent under that C. We know you dominate that syllable, Rich. What is that? What is that accent? Do Prudencio? Huh? Prudencio. That that's his last name. What's the first name? Why are you going to me? You're the expert. Nah, you're over here. Goncalo or Goncalo? I think it's Goncalo. Yeah, you don't know no, that no, no. accent. No, has that, so it's a soft. It's a soft S sound. So Goncalo, probably. Gonzalo. This is what we're bringing to the people right here. This is what they want. Guessing we're, about other languages. We're, I got I to gotta, I gotta sharpen up on my Spanish. I know Portuguese is not not Spanish, but I got to get my Spanish right by tomorrow. You don't need it till you're in the field. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a doer. <laughs> That's true. You landed in that country, you would get through customs. I got hola. <laughs> and, then, and then I got to look up how, like, I don't speak Spanish. I forget how to even say that. Jack, how do you say that? Say what? I don't speak Spanish. Uh, no hablo español. That's the one. That's what I need. No hablo. Oh my okay. I'll give you some other. I'll give you some other tips to say. Just don't look it up. What I'm saying. Frank Ustrom. That's what I got. And, and T-ball well, down seven. Stein Legrand in fifth. You skipped him. Stein Legrand had a good weekend. Yes, the hair was ninth down here, and he, he he seems to be more of a short course specialist. This took the guys closer yeah. to 71 minutes, and then top 20 finished out around 80 minutes. Um, so, and then the top American where we was Ian Hosick in 32nd at 120.39. It's a pretty tight field. Right right behind TVT. And then we had other guys. Nick Mask was down 44th. Kevin Thompson was 49th. And I thought we had another one in here as well, right? Where was Chris Marone? Yeah, I was going to say Chris I thought was here. Um oh, Sam. Sam Osborne who was... Disqualified Sam Osborne. D- huh. DSQ for Sam, Ryan Kemp's and DNS. Got it. So on the women's side, Nicole gets a has she won a fifteen K in OCR World Championships? Yes. That she, she has, has, yeah. Over in the England, um, England one. In London. Yep. So this is a it's a good win on her end, beating some of the top athletes that we've seen the past couple of years. Where do you think Nicole's at? You think she's at ninety? 95 percent of her it's previous be higher you think to beat this I field know. i was surprised how 78 well she minutes did. when the when the guys win in 71 and she's taken What's down that percentage is that nine percent or is it there. worse i was gonna say it's probably about 10 percent worse uh, she would be like quick math it's nine percent 71 divided by 78 that's nine percent what percent was she behind when she won the world championships in spartan I'll need to look up the, the split, but it, you, that nine to ten percent is kind of the rule of thumb. So I think she's there, pretty close. On this kind of course, yeah, she's yeah. she. I think she's close to back. And here's the interesting thing with her, is that because she's going to be slightly, slightly more cautious in and out, she might be able to run harder. That's yep. interesting. And it, this is this wasn't a hilly mountainous right treacherous but i don't if, know what the footing was like i'm sure it was muddy it was very hot you saw athletes put in like hot ice coating. cubes yeah no you got hot coals yeah um but no it was, it was very hot temperature but if you look at nicole 78 minutes and then basically 80 on the dot for elisa petrova and then you had two other women Ida and ulrike finish under 83 and then 88 
was fifth place. So she basically beat 10th place by 10 minutes. I think Nicole's back. Or fifth place by 10 minutes. Oh, she's back in this column. Then we have to see her on technical, and then we have to see her on a mountain. And I think that that's probably the order that it will work in. In terms of being all the way back. This is where she's at her best. At a... In... Runnable. Something runnable. runnable. She's obviously great at obstacles. Yeah, technical mm-hmm. obstacles is, is an advantage for her, or not a disadvantage, I should say, where it is for most of the American athletes. I'm, I'm buying into Nicole being fully back. At worst, 99%. 99. Okay. 99. All right, prove it. I'm only saying no because <laughs> I would think as her, she wouldn't want to hear that she's fully back. She certainly can't possibly feel like she's got the restrictor played off in every sense yet. So, every sense yet. So... I'm sure she's looking and thinking, I can be better than this next year. It's been two years. And she's already dominant. Two years. Right? Two and a half. Two years. Almost. Yeah, but her time frame wasn't the normal time frame. She had a regression. She basically started over. Adrian Peterson did it in like six months, dude. And then was out of the league a year after that. He's the gold standard. Not really. No, no. He got 2,100 yards roughly. Yeah. Shout outs to Annie. She's had a bit of an up and down past year year and a half uh mm-hmm. with some injuries so for her to be back and, and and being in the top 10 in a field like this finishing sixth is is very is very encouraging so again same thing i i wouldn't think that this is her at 100 maybe 90 95 just based off of what how much she's been able to train over the past year and a half or so but her obstacle game is just so good she's just impressive man she's just tough she just put it out there and she just belongs it's crazy like two what two years two and a half years ago she was an age grouper Right, and now it was a little, little before it was pre-COVID, but yeah, she she earned her stripes through the age group ranks. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, no. So shout outs to her. That's amazing. Who was our? And then it was um, Rose was in forty seventh, or she did. Was that a DNS? Um, Check Rose, catch yes, DNS. Yep. And Jamie was in fifty second. Are these all? How do you? If you're 41 finished, DNS is did not start. DSQ is disqualified, which means that they probably lost the band and then were unable to finish. Is that written somewhere? I can't see that on the results. Yeah, uh, Jamie 52nd, DSQ, Jamie Brusso. Yeah, Jamie's a really strong runner. Uh, Her obstacle game has never been her strength here. Um, I was a little surprised to see her head over there, but probably just for the experience and the fun, being able to represent the country, something I'm sure she's interested in. But obstacles, that's never that's never been her game. Yeah. It wasn't entirely spelled out what these races were going to look like when the the team selection was first announced. I thought we kind of were like, if it's going to be in Europe, we know this is going to be a we, Euro Yeah, style. but we were guessing. There was, no, there was no indication exactly of who you should bring over. So, so if FISA was invented, essentially, or formed in order to have standardization, like, are we going to have this style at every single future FISO event, even in North America? Or are we going to see more of a North American twist on it if that happens? Because at the end of Yessa's interview, he said, do, do you guys know where the next one's going to be? They're talking South America, right? They said Costa Rica. Whoa, that's cool. So not You've South been America. there, Bracken, right? Yeah. 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 I died for like 11 days. Nice. <laughs> Did you race down there or just went down there and pooped? Family vacation. Went down nice. there and pooped. There's a tarantula in our outhouse. That's scary. It's pretty sweet. That's not, not Got fun. some good jungle runs in prior I, to the poop starting. Are they? 
They're not poisonous though, right? Tarantulas, they're just huge. Some have some version of, of toxin. You don't want to get bit yep. by a bug you don't in general. Bit by it, but it's not like a... Yeah. You rarely get bit by a tarantula. Yeah. It's not like a... You've got to like got those little clues. hairs on it that'll fire up your skin. You could kick a tarantula. No problem. Not if it's this from Australia. This thing was like a pet by the end of it. It was never moving. It's just sitting yeah. there like a bathroom attendant. You just let it hang out? Eventually. That'd be a mess. I mean, at, by day seven, I didn't care what was going on. I had like an inch and a half or two inch zebra spider in my garage the other day, and I was trying to get out my luggage, and there was like a spider web tied to it, and then like I'm like, oh, let me get that, and then something started moving, and it was this like massive thick spider, and I was like, oh man, so I told you screamed. Uh, you screamed. No, 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 no I'm, I'm, the bug, I'm the bug guy in my house. I relocated it into the front yard, so I don't kill bugs. I try not to. Bugs are not welcome in this household. However, I don't. I'm, I don't care that much, but the household kill doesn't bugs. like bugs. Yeah. You ever seen Starship Troopers? Everyone needs to do their part. I was thinking about that, man. If they had, if they if they could rebel against us, it wouldn't go well. They would show no mercy. <laughs> no, we'd be done. Well, they would yep. show no mercy on us. All right. On the women's end, let's move. Uh, I guess that's it. Right. Team race. Come on, dude. No, there there was controversy there also. There yeah. was. I don't even and know some what sweet obstacles. Here. Yeah, no, talk totally. about your favorite obstacle. Goofy Games won. There's footage of the Denmark team rolling a tractor tire. Not even a tractor, just like a big wheel tire. Much down the road. Spartan style. One person one. pushing it, it, one like kind of big. pretending to support it. Leon just kind of giggling. Just rolling. <laughs> what were we testing here? Was this one of like those Joe Farm things? Like, hey, I need this tire over here, guys. This is your task is to move three people to roll a eighty pound tire. <laughs> what are we? What are we testing? So that's my submission for, yeah, not top ten video showing the amazing athleticism of our of our sport for the year. That's my submission. Yeah. What was the format for this? Was it the way that OCR World Championships does it with relay, or was it the way that Spartan used to do it, where you had to go through all of the obstacles like together as a team or why not just cross country when are we going to get our cross country race for ocr i don't understand they could have done that just for the solo divisions realistically yeah they should have they didn't they didn't didn't score the team for the solo races i don't think so that's a huge miss huge miss miss. netherlands would have done really well doesn't matter yeah yeah um but Thomas Peterson, he's a listener to the show. He's from Denmark. Uh, he kind of filled me in on the Sunday drama, if you guys want to hear it. So Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium, they were all fighting for the podium. You can see in the results. I, I think Denmark ended up finishing three men. seconds ahead. Yeah, for the for men. men. Yeah, okay, yep. got it up. Um, they were like a minute ahead of fourth place or so. And so at the end, someone from Denmark had a penalty that they had to do. The official told them to, told that person to go, so he did. The rule book did not say that it was an issue, though. So apparently just before the race... Uh, a briefing was given to the national coaches and he specifically said not to the athletes. So only the national coaches heard this um, right before the start. And it specified that you had to wait for all teammates before starting a penalty loop. So Denmark finished first, just ahead of the Netherlands a few seconds and about 30 seconds later, Belgium crossed and then the complaints and appeals started and it was a mess. Um, And Denmark was then moved to bronze while Belgium was assessed some small penalty for a different infraction. And then the different, penalties they had different length penalty lengths and so as a result belgium 
finished behind Denmark because of the adding the penalty time. It, it was just a mess. So basically, uh, it was a last minute briefing that the manager heard, but not the athletes themselves on when to go when the penalty is assessed. So there's more inconsistency there. This isn't their fault. This is endurance sports in general outside of triathlon. Name me a successful major sport where the penalties are assessed after the competition's over. None. <laughs> is that ever the case? Like, can you ever lose something after the after an Matt event? Fraser Other than endurance? Uh, Matt Frazier with the sandbag falling out of his bag. CrossFit Games. He did get a penalty for Not that. Not a sport. <laughs> Not a sport. <laughs> Name um, a major sport where the game can end, what? the winner be declared, and then you sit around and find out was it real or not. That, I mean, <laughs> it happens within plays, like in football. I think it's the worst part about football is that something happens. Like, uh, let's not get excited yet. The only time I see this it. happen is when like an athlete trips during track in a qualifier, and then they might get placed into the final as, because of some infraction. But it's never the final result gets affected. It's who gets to participate. Yeah, and usually the and in, triathlon in even fixed it with their penalties mid race. Yeah. Oh, they do. Put you in a box. The, I was yep. going to say they have the box. Not. I thought. Yeah. yeah. For doing what? You have to serve. You have to serve a penalty if you cut the course, or if you draft and non draft legal, or if something happens, you're assessed a penalty, and you serve it at transition. Easy peasy. Sometimes in ITU, they'll just serve it on the side of the road. Huh. Right. I think that that that. This is the worst part about OCR. Yep. Is that there are these, this is super gray area and the penalties are implemented post. You go to, you don't know what the result is until it pops up later on. You have to do this process. You just have to cross your fingers. It's just not, it, it, that's something that really needs to change. And that it just like, and that what happened when DECA started to be a little like, put on uh, like live streams and put in front of people, people were still like, oh, they should be penalized for that because it got so ingrained within this culture mm -hmm. that like the Spartan people were like, wait, why can't they be penalized after? It's just like, because that's not how it works. <laughs> There's Judgment officials out there. In the moment, it stands. You cross the line, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And this isn't, to be fair, this is the only thing I've brought up that's not their fault. This is industry-wide. This isn't, yeah. it's just bad. But again, if your product creates problems, you change the product. If your team race creates controversy, change the task. I know this is this is a suggestion for round two, but there are very easy simplification ways to do this that you avoid this process. One of which you is you don't create a rule on race morning without making sure that every single person on the sun attends the meeting and it is reiterated at the start line and all the officials have a meeting and all the course marshals know how to carry out the ruling as well. But if you have all of them attend the meeting, like, don't you think that language barrier might affect some things? Do you think that they had a rule book available in multiple languages? Do you think that they had an official there explaining stuff in Russian versus Spanish versus English versus Italian? Like, do you think that that was actually going on? Well, again, if you can't do all those things, take the easy route and don't make the change until next time. Yeah. So, like, I'm with you on this. It's just, it's tough to put any first-time event on. Mm. But there are things you can do to hedge your bets. Race day changes, 
if you can't implement it correctly, you are asking for trouble, especially with language barriers, like you said, Jack. Yeah. So on the team race on the men's side, Spain won. Lithuania got second. The Netherlands finished third on the so women's Spain side. Spain crossed in third and won. That's what we're saying? Wait, no. Spain? I don't think that they were in the top three for men. I thought it was uh, first place Spain. Denmark, then Netherlands, then Belgium. What Denmark I'm looking didn't at... Win. Oh, so oh, national something must... I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong category. I'm in the wrong category. Oh, okay. Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium. Yeah, okay. Okay. Correct, correct. That was on the I men's Denver side. did not win. They did something with the penalties after with the appeals that resulted in them having that overturned or Netherlands getting a worse penalty to put Belgium back okay. in first. Or uh, ne- uh, Denmark back in first. But Netherlands was third regardless. I saw a Danish regardless. post that it, they were gutted that they lost their world championship because of a ruling. Yeah. On the women's yeah, side, Sebastian posted. Bottom line: I'm If we're confused, it. imagine how the athletes felt. There. I'm out. Like <laughs> on the women's side, Denmark, Norway, the Netherlands, Poland fourth, Sweden fifth. Do we do adaptive or let's do adaptive? We're here. Jack wants it. We got it. Controversies across the board. Denmark again, Netherlands, and the UK. Great finish for UK and adaptive, mixed. This just says neutral. <laughs> neutral wins the Netherlands and then Sweden. I don't know what that is. The, the U.S. team that. for mixed had Jamie, Annie, and Ian Hosick. And they finished 20th. Yep, 20th. People must have been wrecked by the end of this weekend, realistically, especially coming for from the sure. U.S. just because of the, you know, the grip-intensive nature of it. So there was also uh, a little bit of controversy in the 100. I don't – I feel like we're just talking about all the controversies, which is unfortunate, again, because it was hard to watch – I did catch it, some of the clicks. It, it affects like some of the future decisions that they do for formatting, and right, and and what people should expect. So apparently, what happened in the in the hundred? There's like, I guess the format is you qualify through on time, and then you get put in a bracket, right? So the top, what was it, sixteen, 16. and then it's head to head. The next the next day through the finals until like competition style single Robin elimination. Robin right there. Yeah. So. There was a designated time for you to complete your rounds to get your... It's your... important to know the times. You want me yeah. to read off the exact window? Sure, please. If you've got 10 info. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Friday. So that's in the rule book. This is what you're reading from? This is what was given to the athletes prior to the competition starting. Here is your qualifying window. window 10 a.m. Okay. to 5 p.m. Friday. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday to get your 30-second qualifying runs in. So just to reiterate, you're working like eight-hour days, back-to-back days to get a 30-second run done. That's they your do a similar thing at OCR Worlds by Adventure as well. No, I'm saying like there's, there's, there's a pretty big window. Yes. Right. Yes. So plenty of opportunities to do it. Do you get two times through? Do you get two opportunities? Or how many opportunities up do you to get? Two, I Unlimited? Think. How to many? Two. Up to two? Yeah. So you get two shots to do it. And apparently you you can then see where you're standing in terms of your time. So you know like if you need to be more aggressive, if you need to take some risks in that second attempt, and you know where you stand as the day ends. So apparently what then FISO did is they opened up another qualification window 
on Sunday. The same, yeah, the Sunday same morning. Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yeah. So they give everybody the entire day on Saturday. So people and went Friday. and Friday, and Friday, fifteen hours Friday. between those two days. So they went yeah, fifteen hours of qualification time, and then they opened up a third. But it was not day. told to everyone. That is insane. So you had athletes go to bed Saturday night, ranked in the top what sixteen? Mm-hmm. I think sixteen to do the final competition, and wake up and go to the course and find out that they are no longer in the final because there is a third qualification window open that not everyone found out about and you have now been bumped out and there is no time for you to now do it because you missed the window. I would have went nuts. Yeah. The, re- <laughs> the, the reason was not everyone got to do their qualifying run, so we opened up a, another window. These guys not need to be Not everyone had 30 seconds better. to fit into 15 hours over two days. They need an iron fist over there, man. They are just opening these things up and being and like they're being they're compromising way too much. Way, way too much. They're just like listening to stories and like being compassionate for them. It's like, no, here's the rules, here's the time. You missed it. You had a gazillion hours to get it. Sorry. Go home. Of Athletes all just, the th- yeah. issues that arose, you could argue all of them except this one. This is egregious. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones, like, we made a big deal on it because they said we're the world championship, we're the federation, and they came out and put on a, a so-so performance. But this one is truly bad. Bad. This would be like somebody running the the 3K on Saturday after it's on the 15K day, and they're like, but I ran faster than, you know, the winner. Like, I I ended up winning. Give me that. Give me the gold. That's just not allowed. And that's essentially what they did here. This is showing up for the 100-meter prelims at World Championships and, like, I couldn't make it to my prelim. Could I run it now? <laughs> like, yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah you run a good time. time and they bump out ninth place and don't tell ninth place that this is happening. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. The thing I would – I still don't like it because 15 hours is so much time. Athletes were probably like, well, I'm racing in the morning. I'm just I'm just not going to run it in the morning. I need to get some lunch. Oh, crap, there's just not enough room in the afternoon. That's on them. That's because they didn't want to sacrifice their 3K or 15K. I can see them being like, okay, we're going to extend it till 7 o'clock on Sunday because there's a line right now. Everybody, if you are in line, you get to finish your, your heat. We are not opening this the next day. Everyone's going to bed tonight knowing if you're in it. And I still don't like that. Like you, you gave a defined window with 15 hours over the course of two days. Find a way to make it work. So was that the case that they wanted to give athletes the opportunity who ran in the 3K and 15K who might not wanted to risk it before? The it opportunity the athlete did. That. Yeah. What's that? It would have to be that. It has to be that, right? Unless they said every time I showed up, there was a queue of people waiting, and I had to run a race. Right. And, and it, it, I didn't want to wait around that whole time. So, and then I came back and it was overcast or there, like it was, it drizzled. Or like, I, I don't know what you would yeah. say, but I can't come up with a reason where you, in 15 hours, you couldn't find the chance to make one run, especially I since agree. it was open Friday. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you know what it is. Yeah. They gave them too much time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think you're right on that. And they should have figured out like a window. And this made people pick. Just pick. You can't do both. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, if you can't do all three, like, that's just not how it's going to work here. No. So, 
so this this is the the one that people truly got screwed over on. You had people yes, yep. travel all the way over there, qualify for the finals, and not get to run finals. That's really bad. Terrible. Like open for some sort of legal recourse, kind of bad. Potentially, yeah. Not that I'm advocating that, but would what I about be shocked? The American coming out of you? Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm so Boom. against that. Get him. Yeah. Get him. Get would him, I be shocked if someone wanted to? Seriously, I mean, you spent a lot. It's a, it, it couldn't have been cheap to get over there. No. Even if you're from Europe, like it's still emotional time away damages. From your job. Yeah, emotional damages. And you know what they didn't have an option for? An appeal. An appeal. They didn't have an appeal. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I mean, sure if you would have appealed, they'd been like, ah, you could just okay, we'll just do eighteen. You got a hundred bucks? Yeah. That I'm surprised that's what they didn't do is just give buys and just extend it out and just have like round robin. We understand it caused issues. Everyone who was already qualified and got bumped out comes in. Now it's a 24-person final. It's still unfair because you're, those people are going to have to do more. More racing. More races. So it's certainly unfair, but at least they get a chance to, to compete, man. Like that Every sucks. one of them would have taken the chance Hell to yeah. be at a disadvantage and still compete. I would have been pissed. I would have, yep. I would have been griping. But, yeah. I would well, have been furious. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so let's move along. We've been we've been pretty critical overall. That the event seemed like it was, for the first time, well attended, well attended, strong competitors, some some I think legitimate world champions came out of it. A lot of room to improve. If you disagree with any of our suggestions, uh, Bracken Crocker on Instagram, who will field all of your concerns. Rich will be in Europe to discuss uh, this I weekend. If... <laughs> well, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be on that board. Point me in a direction. I'll go talk to somebody. We'll f- we'll get to the bottom of this. Let's continue with the compliments, Rich. St- let, let let's let's be positive here to finish up. Let's, let's all, compliment all, sandwich. All of the champions and podium finishers are legitimate. There was mm-hmm. you had ninety plus percent of the world's best there, at least. I don't I don't think that you're going to have an issue with athlete buy-in to participate in a race like this. So that was surprising given how much like animosity there's always been towards FISO from the U S side. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be the same from the rest of the world. Like you had athletes from throughout Asia, South Africa coming up everywhere in Europe, some pretty big names in the U S it was kind of like Canada and Mexico were missing. That's kind of the only ones that I really saw. What did we not hear complaints about the course? Mm. The obstacles, a couple rules, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you took out the rules, if you just when you see the pictures and the video of the course, it's pretty awesome. The obstacles are awesome. They well, they may not have made a U.S. course that we would like, but that doesn't matter. They made a course for the world at large of OCR, mm-hmm. and it checked most of the boxes. It was a really good looking course, and I think a, a difficult thing to do is to design that on your first try. I think they did a good job with that. They got good people to come out to a good course. That's difficult to do. Not Cloverfield, though. Not Cloverfield. That would have been better. And, like, look, it's hard to get two people to finish in second place. That's crazy. That's great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. We'll do that. Taking the Nick Riker position. Second mm-hmm. place. Final more. negative. Uh, Everything else aside. In, Rich, but yeah. Compliment sandwich. Now, we're like a, now it's like a club sandwich with a compliment. Faiso, pay your athletes. Pay up. Yeah. Let them know. I don't think you can even announce prize money if you don't have it in the bank right now. Put it in escrow, state what it is, or state it will be a percentage of sales. You can't yep. have it any other way. Either people have to know coming in 
I don't know what I'm going to get paid. It might not be much, but it's going to be there. Or it's definitely this much, and it's going to be there. If you can't cut a check right there, I don't think you belong even promising or hinting that you're going to pay athletes. Stop doing this, people. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Every brand. Just, not, not just, just because it's an OCR thing everyone. doesn't mean it has to be. This is not something OCR athletes yeah. want. So let's, uh, let's ditch that. All right. Let's move along. CrossFit, half mile. This is all this is all fun. This is all fun. This is delightful for me though. These this dudes is can, truly fun. These dudes can rip an eight hundred, man. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought, you know, BK running in seven fifty is seven hundred and fifty two meters in one fifty three five, homie. One fifty three five <laughs> son, that's no joke. But these guys, these crossfitters are like, okay, cool. Watch me clean and jerk three fifty and then I can run a half faster than a minute thirty four. <laughs> literally that's what the results showed people were like did you see all the competitions and world's rec- world records following this weekend and i'm like yup i sure did and they're like 5k women's national record in the 800 the woman uh, everything was great i'm like are you kidding me that's the least impressive performance i've ever seen do you know that like nine people broke the men's 800 meter world record by like in the seven same seconds race? by like a lot <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like Rudisha wouldn't have been on the home stretch yet when they crossed the finish line. They, they would, have, they could have picked him up and carried him and still run like one fifty one. <laughs> the there was a competition, a very high level competition in uh, was Northern California, North California, Classic. North California Classic, where there were some really solid names at the top of that event. They had an eight hundred meters as part of an event. Was it a standalone or was it like before or after something? Uh, it's just an event. It's just it's a standalone event. So I don't know if there was anything surrounding it. Sometimes they'll do that, right? It'll be like eight hundred meters and then yeah. uh, twenty million squats or something like that. And they're two then they're scored separately. But during this eight hundred meter, we had let's let's find these results. Uh, we can we can we can go see. Because it was called just yeah, eight hundred meter dash. Which I like that they call it the dash. That's, they did that's call it a dash. proper that's wording. The dash. If you're running that pace, you're dashing. <laughs> You are certainly back to back, dashing. back so they to have forty sevens. So someone involved knew the like vernacular, so they had to be some kind Proper of language, some kind of track and field like experience there. Phil Muscarella <laughs> took the W in one thirty four. Dean Como amazing. Comos was also one thirty four. Elias Ryland, one thirty four. This is like, but this was run like an eight hundred. That's you know, what you need probably... to break the record is someone pushing you. There's, yeah. <laughs> and they're all top of the. You know, it's uh, this is definitely FAT also with the point zero zeros. Thirty four oh thirty four oh thirty four oh thirty five oh thirty six oh. Amazing. Did they hand them popsicle sticks at the end? And the thing like, is that hybrid places, athletes places, are more places. precise in their finishes than track athletes. Oh yeah. So this, I think, was just good fun. It like, what is the pace for one thirty four for an eight hundred? Like, back what kind of mo- forty seven second four hundreds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you okay. run, if, if you're not that versed in, in in track and field, if you run forty seven seconds in a four hundred in high school, you're getting Division one looks. Yeah, right. You can you're, almost you're winning your ticket. You're winning your conference. You're winning your district. You're like, oh, I, top I would three say, state. Yeah, I I would say you might even make like semifinals and nationals if not finals in high school nationals yeah yeah like 46 is very good top 10 15 yeah in the nation 
That's what I'm saying. Like, if they take eight to the finals, like, you're right on the cusp of that. I don't think anything yeah. I said disagreed with that. You win your conference, you win your district, your top three at state. Yeah. Depending Guaranteed. on your state. New Hampshire, Without New question. Hampshire, you're, you're like an alien. You're like, what? <laughs> there are none of those people. Can you, how did he even do that? So for these guys, our, our state record is like 48 1 or something. It's slow. Is it? Yeah. It's too cold. For, the, for, for comparison, winter. and Eugene for the Diamond League final. Two people broke 143 for the first time this year. <laughs> the first time we had a male under 143 this year, two guys did it in the same race. Who and did it? They would have been nine seconds down. A Robin who? Uh, I didn't check some the Kenyan Kenyan with the W. One Yami. Um, a Rob's that dude. Yeah. A Rob got a, second. He's a house. Yeah. He's so he's big. He's built so like Radisha, also. Yeah. So, I mean, th weight. this is. You know, this is just coming off of the controversy that we had at the games and just, like, the the measurements of things. And, like, you know, again, this doesn't mean anything for the the yeah. results of the actual event, right? Like, these, they, they were told to race this course, and they ran the course. The women, 145. Brittany Weiss, 149. Brittany Weiss is the win here. That's a pretty big win. She's a team athlete. She was on Invictus this year. Some good names out here. And yeah, beat Lauren Fisher. Andrew Nissler's really good. Kellen Prevo. That's a good win for Brittany, Brittany Weiss. A little CrossFit talk for you. Yeah. Then, and for comparison, I think Mo set the U.S. record <laughs> in the 800 at 154. This is the most. This is the most intriguing result of all the goofy measurements because yeah. both of the other ones, or the other ones, could be precisely explained away by saying they use yards instead of meters this cost eight seconds that's yard what if they, if they is... accidentally did an 800 yard versus an 800 meters that's it yeah. so now they're running 142 instead of 134 which is faster than the fastest time in the world and maybe a top 10 all-time mark yeah it's an 80 yard error if they did it in yards and that doesn't explain it that's still 30 seconds too too <laughs> fast so i don't really know at all what happened if you paced it out yourself just walked it like doing the old baseball coach the dad measurement <laughs> you'd be more precise than this so i i'm truly steps. fascinated by what could have occurred here <laughs> i don't know it is because yeah like these women i mean 145 uh, for for this distance, what what what's realistic? Like two twenty five? You think like like they could run four fifty for half mile? Like I kind of don't even three think so. Or two thirty for the women? That's really good. My, the only explanation I can have, and I haven't seen footage of this, is that they were at a facility that had a three hundred meter track, and they <laughs> thought it was a four hundred meter track, and they just did two laps. God, that'd be Maybe. so. Those times, no, no, they're quite... not running one thirty-four for six hundred. Could they? I don't know. I'm if trying Rich to find. Barely to... breaks sixty, and he almost would have to hold that True. same pace for another half lap around a track right now. Three hundred yards. Phil Muscarell is not doing it. I don't know. I can't. I can't come up with it. And and so it it, it may be that they use Google Maps or something. <laughs> it's fast. Even that would be more precise. I don't know how you got this far off. This is their worst measurement to date. And the fact that they're trending worse is <laughs> so hilarious to me. Because, again, if they went from kilos to pounds and then from pounds to grams, that's the equivalent of what <laughs> yeah. we're working here. So just, just to be fair, right, we were very critical 
Jack in particular made a name for himself by blowing up CrossFit CrossFit's measurements at the CrossFit Games. CrossFit as an entity only really does one event and the qualifier events that lead to this. This Northern California Classic and the Madrid Championship, these are not the same people organizing these events. These are independent events that are held by just independent companies or people. So these aren't the same people measuring out these same courses. So this isn't this isn't p- picking on CrossFit as an entity. This is picking on CrossFit as a sport. Come on. This is why you can't believe anyone who says, I ran a 440 mile at my box. No. Because this class. is how you guys measure. Yeah. Right. Like Ricky Garrard, 1723. It's like, dude, you did great in High Rocks. Honestly, impressed. Yeah. But you ain't running 1723, dog. <laughs> no. I ain't having No so chance. Again, this does not speak to the athletes. We're so impressed with your running. We really are. And I would have loved to watch this because a minute and a half race is probably more painful than a two-minute race. Oh, yeah. They would have to pace out. Uh, they would have to really pace out a half uh, mile quite a bit. Yeah, like this, what they, you what, can sell out for ninety seconds. So this like, was a you, brutal run. I respect mm, it. Do you think? Are we? No, yeah, it said it's on a lakeside. Do you? Th- what do you think? Two twenty. Like, is that yeah. that would be really really fast? I think I'd be I impressed, so. honestly. Two twenty. I ran a six hundred during college. It was so miserable. Yeah. Like that 90 second ish for them, 90 second window, 80 to 90, that's a brutal distance. Uh huh. Yep. Not something I'm trying to do. So, wait, what? what so good on them. What distance are we thinking this is? I don't know anymore. 550 to 600. Because 600, this would be what pace for that? That'd be back to back. That'd be 62. Coming around 400 and then holding that pace for another 200 if it was a 600 meter. No chance. No. That's what I'm saying. So it's probably closer to like 550. 550. At best. What percent did we miss (laughs) by here, Jack? Two-thirds the distance. Maybe. (sighs) We missed by 30 plus percent. (laughs) (laughs) That's like like deadlifting 300 and calling it 400. That's how egregious this is. At, At a minimum. It might even be like 275, but you're claiming a 400. We're it's literally absurd. almost to pounds to kilos mistake at yeah. this point. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jack, you're right. So what? So 134 would be 412 pace for 600. No, yeah, no. Let's, see, doing that. let's see 525. That would be ah, Vidat killing me. This seems I like about 500 meters. That's 80 seconds per lap, roughly for 400, and then. 134, that's a little under another 100 meters. Yeah, it's about 500 meters at that point at 520 pace. If it's a 525, it would be 448 pace. (laughs) Or 448 meters. Maybe it's a 5. It was a 520. 530? Let's call it 530. They ran a 530 meter dash. (laughs) It's like bracket 752 meter thing. Yeah, BK could, could wrap his head around this. Yeah. I I'm on board with showing up to races and finding out that they're short. (laughs) <laughs> all right well, we just thought that it's was the gift that never stops giving i thought we'd never talk crossfit distances again but when something like this happens we have to bring it up thank you marcus I'm, wallace for pointing it out that's our guy that's always our guy sean sweeney won and he is good he's a guy he came out to a spartan yep. event one time right he wears yep. the cowboy hat uh the Tim tahoe Paulson, thing he, with chandler yes, and jacob chandler and a few of them yes uh and then tim paulson he was on uh proven 
CrossFit proven that finished second at the games this year. He was uh, an individual athlete the past two it's, years before that, so he's very good. Insane on the bike. He just sells out. He, he, sell, he definitely sells out on the bike, but he looks like he sells out on the bike for sure. Uh, Luis yeah. Ascamora, he's kind of a fringe guy um, trying to get into the games finished fourth. So, I mean, this is really good. This is These are really good. So I'll just give a little bit more shots. Brittany Weiss, like I said, that's a really good finish for her winning. Lauren Fisher was second. And, uh, again, she's been an individual athlete in the past and has been on the games team. Andrew Nissler has been the best female individual on CrossFit Mayhem, and she was also on Proven the past several years. And Carolyn Prevost, she was a games athlete this year. She's hailing from Canada. TMX, it, she did that. Carolyn Prevost did? Yeah. She's just a, she's just she a workhorse. might have been third. No, no. We went over this recently, Jack. No, we had our trivia. Then she was fifth because Lauren was fourth. She she was definitely sitting in podium position in the qualifiers. Speak, I remember that. Speaking of trivia. Oh, there was another uh, very important teaser time. Yeah, there was a very important event that took place this past weekend. Uh, did you see what happened in D.C.? Did. My boy Brant mm. Boggs took second place on day one. Oh, let's go. He would have waxed Megita had Megita had the the cojones to show up on Saturday. Megita continued his for a a Sunday. He he continued his cherry picking streak. I love that. (laughs) So with that, if you exclude the uh, COVID shortened twenty twenty season, I I know I've got them broken down into who who hasn't done. There were nine U.S. As soon as I decided I wasn't counting it, I didn't let anyone else count it. I believe okay. that's fair because you are a participant in this. Yeah. So anyway, there, David Megida, if you exclude 2020, has at least one Spartan Elite podium dating back to 2012 every single year. Now, if you look at it, it was one in 2012, third, uh, 15, 16, 17, 21, 22, 20. So, so he's out there just sniping podiums on Sundays towards the end of the year in the D.C. area. <laughs> but regardless, he's kept his streak alive for going on 12 C or I guess 11 if you take out 2020. So very okay. impressive. But my there question, was some, there was yeah. hard years in there, right? Yeah. The, those middle years. How, how did he do in like 17, 18, 19? Um, 18, he had six and then he had three in 19 and one in 17. So he had 10 over the, over that three year stretch. He got in 17. He got it in uh, Iceland in the sprint when everyone else was doing the 24 hour one. And there were like that. six people in there. Kevin Donahue, lead podium there. It was like not a lot of people in that field. Okay. I want to pile on Dave and I'm going to shortly. Nice. However, he didn't fly over there to do that. He was there as part of the right. production. It's yes. the only bone I'm going right. to toss him. Let's get back to piling on him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so David Magida, uh, technically, if you exclude 2020, has a podium every single year since 2012. Uh-huh. Who actively, uh, we can do men and women, have podiumed in at least 10 straight seasons, so dating back to 2014. And I'll let you know if this athlete has or hasn't in 2020 because some athletes, like if you, there were different parts of the world, like there were no races in Canada in 2020. They couldn't even cross the border. So like if you were oh. a Canadian athlete, that just sucks. So What's our time frame again? I, 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 I should have uh, listened to your question. I wasn't. Past 10 years, which athletes have at least one Spartan Elite podium every single season dating back to 2014? And you're not discarding COVID? Uh, I'll, I have them separated, so I'll just clarify if you name a name, if they got year it. Year to date. Year to date. Including 2023. 2014, Isaiah. every single year until now. BK said Isaiah. 
Isaiah, uh, he missed 2020, but he has dated back to 2012. So he's tied with Megiddo for the longest sort of interrupted streak. VJ? VJ is not one of them. 2015. Well, first, first how many time. athletes we got? Uh, there are seven guys and four women. So we got to think OG, BK. We only get, collectively, we only get five wrongs. No, no, six All wrongs. Right. So we already have two. So you got Megiddo and Isaiah. Are we BK, talking right. worldwide? Just throw out names. Yeah, worldwide. Oh, worldwide. <sighs> yeah. Most of them are from North America. Actually, every single one of them is from North America, male and female. Can we say Angel? I was thinking Angel is one of them, dating back to 2013. If you include the COVID COVID shortened year in 2020, he has the longest streak dating back to 2013, uninterrupted. Yeah, go Atkins here. Atkins also 2014. Lindsay. Lindsay, dating back to 2015, she actually did not get a podium in 2014. Her first ever race was the Killington World Championships, where she got fourth. So there are actually no women who have a streak of 10 years. Um, she has a nine-year streak. That's the longest active one. Week. So that didn't count or that did count? It did not count. You said there was four women, though? Okay, four women on the list. I'm, I'm doing the longest active streak for the women. They don't, oh. nine, nine is the women's, at least 10 for the men. That's what I'm getting at. Got it. Glenn. Glenn Race. You got all three who have been uninterrupted. Glenn got his first podium in 2014. So there are a couple who got interrupted because of COVID, if you want to guess them. Um, or I can just give them to you. We need four more dudes. Two more. Mick? Nope. Hmm. Jesse Bruce. Jesse Bruce is one of them. Missed 2020. Wow. Nice. One more guy. I will be shocked if you get this, and I was stunned when I saw his name. I was like, this guy's been around for a while. Someone who's been around for a while, and this is including Europe. Is he European? All of these people are North American. Oh. U.S., actually, for this guy. Huh. You got it. BK, this has got to be in your wheelhouse, man. These are These are... These are People you competed against. Ryan Kempson. No. Hmm. Want the answer? Yeah, give us the answer. Grady Jackson. Whoa. I, that, I, I did not think he's been around that long. 2014, wow. he got his first podium. Nice. Yep. Um, and then, then the, there's one other woman who's tied with Lindsay for dating back to 2015. Do you know who that is? Dating back to 2015, and he'd still be active. Rose. Um, Faye Morgan. Faye, uh, Faye Morgan is not. Nope. Rose is missing 2020, and she has not got one in 2023. So she's close, but won't technically have it. One more guess. Bracken, this is you. Yep. Um, let's go with one of my two that I always pick for my fantasy team. I'll let you choose, Rich. Well, you already picked Faye. I see, see. Casey Monroe? Mm, Casey Monroe. Nope. Kelly Sully. Don't know that. Ah. Sully! She's yeah, got to be on a bunch of lists. She's probably like just been doing yeah. work. ton of them. And then Alex Walker and Rachel Waters were missing 2020, so they're close. But And if Austin Azar is listening, he has a chance of extending the list back to 2014. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have one this year. 
Jacks. Facts. I need to get a uh, – we need to get some sort of sound happening to, the to drop ones. in here. Yeah. What's the longest between first and last? Probably Chris Brown because he got one in 2010 during the initial year. KB got a 10. He, he got one this year already. That's impressive. He yeah. got a 13-year span. He had like a massive hiatus also. John Albin, he got one in uh, 2011. You got one in 2011. And I think, think Faye Morgan as well. Um, so, or, yeah, she had a missing year. I think she was she missed 2016 or something. There was one year dating back where she didn't get one, but there were only a few active people from 2011 or 10 who are still racing. Yeah, I don't even fall in that category anymore. Yeah. All right, nice job, Jack. Good facts. Yep. Race brain teaser. Holler at us. Let's move along to Deca Fit. We had a Deca Fit last Deca Fit of the year to qualify for the World Championships in Orlando, Florida. I think it was at that big convention center that we were at, BK, in Orange County. That thing is no joke. Usually, these Deca Fits are at like, like if you went to the Pennsylvania one, it was like a convention center that was built like a bazillion years ago, like kind of outside of the city, kind of dumpy. But this is like a legitimate convention center here. We just warmed up and cooled down inside. We did. And barely <laughs> saw the same place twice. We went down and back. And yep. got like 15 minutes of running in. Um, so let's start on the women's end. We saw uh, a pretty stacked field out here, and the finishing was not the way we had anticipated we had vivian tefuto finishing in first camila massa second with a really impressive performance in her first deca fit of the season and then tara jackson was third meg jacoby notably in fourth and then lauren griffith who has been in the 3k scene finishing fifth alex walker sixth sam fattis seventh i'm just gonna go all the way through because these are all good all good names shannon Payne was eighth jessica viglia was ninth claudia pavia was tenth so some really strong athletes here and not what we would expect at the top. Meg's done. Bracken successfully picked Meg in fourth place, actually. Meg's going to come at your throat, dude. She's, when she sees Chris. it, she's going to punch you in your throat. And it will hurt. I don't want any part of her. I'd fight Chris <laughs> before I'd fight her. No doubt. No doubt. Because I think if I had to, I could run away from Chris. <laughs> if I got away early chris will catch me she'll just keep chasing you though she'll she'll never stop i wouldn't i wouldn't gain a step on meg i'd be like it, yeah that's true you ever seen the movie it follows <laughs> that's chris. Like, chris chris would be like that chris is <laughs> it follows. yeah you gotta keep you gotta keep moving <laughs> not a compliment <laughs> we don't need to get into the details of the movie but just like the premise yeah. so uh the way the race kind of played out meg was aggressive up front and took a fall, like a pretty mean fall off of the box in the third station and then was run down by Camilla. And I believe Lauren Griffith was kind of aggressive up front she as was up well. Front. And from there, it was just Meg was just kind of hanging on and just kind of fighting to, to maintain position. And by the, the by the back half, it it like, like just the fall accumulating with all like the the stress of getting past and and just like Decca's not like high rocks where you can kind of grind it out. If there's a little bit off here or there, whether it is something that physically happens to you, you go out too hard, you take a fall like this, it's, it's, it's going to be much harder to, to rally, especially it's only her second one. And the first one she did 
basically went perfect and broke the world record. So having something like this happen, I think, was a bit jolting and painful. You can only bleed out or finish strong. There's not much in between in a DECA. But just Rich, like Hunter in L.A. What's that? Bled out and R- finish strong? Yeah, you, you, you passed a couple people on the Ram Burpees after dying in Philadelphia. That's true. That's true. I sandbagged just like for a while. Brought up LA for for Hunter. This is Meg's. Yeah, great. Nothing to worry about. Learning experience, sobering experience to dial in and get clarity and motivation for worlds. I think mm-hmm. long term, it's a good thing. As long as your hips good. As long as your hips good, I agree. I mean, and in terms of timing, you know, you never don't. You never want to run a poor race, but like at this time of the year, it's like. 10 weeks from DECA, it's eight weeks from High Rock Chicago. Like if something's going to go wrong racing, it might as well be now and then uh, any other time. In a high-end, really red zone hybrid event, I think the worst thing you can come in is confident. Mm. And the best, overconfident. And the best thing you can come in is a little terrified, but really fit. And I think we've seen time and time again, we'll talk about it on the men's side, as soon as you start feeling like, I think this is going to go really, really well. Something happens. I mean, this is this is something that I think would have played in Ryland's favor last season if he had a race in between his debut and Worlds. But he had his debut, and he's like, that was my first time. I can do much better. And Meg kind of had that same idea. Mm-hmm. But the line is very thin. It's a very thin line in Ryland's case, right? And it's like you step over it, you don't – it doesn't – come back the way that it could in OCR in high rocks. So having this, and like if Ryland did have a race, not go as well, he may have been, it may have yeah, brought him down to earth a little bit more for what the, the event actually is because yeah, this is Meg's second event, right? She's still learning it in terms of concern. Like I'm not concerned almost at all. I mean, like th- three no. weeks ago, she set the world record. Yeah. No Just concern. make sure her elbow's okay. That's kind of the only thing. Yeah, like landed on, like, on her tush. Oh, it was a bro- okay. It looked like she landed on her side, like a little roll. That was but a spill. That was certainly a spill. That was like people's elbow right there. Yeah. Uh huh. So Vivian's Fido take taking the W. She ran a good, smart race, really fast time. Thirty two forty eight is only a couple seconds off of Meg's time, right? Thirty two twenty seven, and Tara oh, okay. went thirty two forty four last year. So had Meg not set that record, four seconds away. That's, time. Yeah. Her bike's fantastic. And Camilla, in her first ever DECA, ran real aggressive, ran pretty smart, wasn't fearful in any way, put it out there and was like, hey, I'm here. I know I'm fit. I'm putting in work. 3250 in in this isn't her debut. She ran West Palm last year. I'd have to look up yeah. what her time was, but she must have taken off probably a couple two minutes. Plus minutes. Yeah. yeah. And she was leading this race going into the bike ran past the the bike in and had to kind of backtrack to get there. And then Vivian met her at, at the bike and then Vivian put like 15 seconds on her in that one bike. So for Camilla only finished two seconds back, it's not out of the question that Camilla could have won this race if she just went in when she was supposed to go in. It's race yeah. brand. Yeah. And, then, and, and yeah, first time doing appeal. it this season. That's an appeal. <laughs> That's someone else's fault. You know, let's, let's, let's raise that. And then Tara coming through in thirty three twenty one to finish third. I'm is interested. this cause for concern for her for you? 
30 seconds off her fastest time ever that she won worlds at and she just set the deck a mile record i think you know add a little bit of speed endurance right there she could stretch it out a little more i i wouldn't be super worried i don't know she took down meg i think that that's going to be a confidence booster despite getting run away from and i know that meg's loss had some extenuating circumstances realistically with the fall and stuff but I wouldn't be in a bad place if I was Terra right now. Yeah, and she must be very plugged into where her fitness is. You know, I would like to see her compete a little bit more. Uh, she really wasn't a factor in this race, really at all. You know, she kind of she kind of magitted it. But yeah. if you look back at her uh, race in West Palm last year, she was thirty three forty four there. So she's twenty three seconds ahead of where she was in the past year. So if she can be dialed back into where she needs to be, the way that she was for Atlantic City, like, yeah, there's no cause for concern here. Ten weeks is an eternity to a high-level athlete who's already fit. An eternity. Mm-hmm. Who knows how to win world championships also. Yes. Yeah. Right. And fit might not even Plural. be her emphasis. Yeah. Just coming off that, – that's another thing too. Just coming off of that mile world record, I thought that she would – be up in the front a little bit more but yeah i think she's just biding her time and she's raced a couple times this year but she's ahead of where she was so no i like i said i would have liked to have seen her be with that group when camilla and vivian went past meg but i don't think she went past meg until like after the sled yeah anytime you get to pass meg or beat meg it's a huge moment you gotta be fired up (laughs) okay Got to take that take that win when you can. And then on the anything else on the women's side, I mean, in, in terms of Alex, how this shakes up the, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I, I was going to say Alex Walker and Lauren Griffith moving into sixth and seventh place. Very big performances right there. Lauren, you know, first ever race, she's seven seconds slower than Lauren Weeks has run. So Lauren and Lauren back to back, thirty three forty nine, thirty three fifty six. That's that's a good place to be. Uh, she's got to be confident right now. And then Alex Walker, massive PR, like almost a minute or so. Um, good on her. 34. So this hasn't been updated. I, I, I believe. sent a message in the group chat, and that'll show like where people moved. Oh, you did it on your own? Yeah, I did it on my own because I wanted to see where I was at, and uh, it's not where I want. There oh, are a yeah. couple typo, mm-hmm. typos in there in, in terms of like new times and stuff. I forgot to update those, but... Um, I can read off the new top 10 if you want, or you can pull it up. Yeah, this is, yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and read off the women? I mean, I guess, yeah, just re- read off the women. Yep. So in order, first through 10th, Meg Jacoby, Vivian Tefuto, Camilla Massa, Tara Jackson, Lauren Weeks, Lauren Griffith, Alex Walker, Michaela Norman, Chris Roglowski, and Alondra Greenlee. My guess is that Michaela is going to stay in Sweden for world champs yes. and Calypso Sheridan will end up being bumped into that final spot for heat one. Um, and then for the second heat, Laurie Winkleman is sitting in 21st, uh, and Oof. Jezebel Kramer also might drop off. So Laurie yes. and Maddie Mansberger, uh, very likely that the two of them will backfill. That's my guess. So, uh, Viola as well. Samantha, so you could have Samantha Julia Fattis Ashley. Making, making a huge jump into this top 20 shouts mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. This drops Nicole way down. Are we going to see her at Deca world's? It's a week from Spartan Worlds. There's no way I should do that. Coming in as a 13th seed. Mm. Yeah. And Viola, yeah, like you said, I'm, I would imagine she won't come over. 
Jezebel, I don't think will come over. So th- I've just been more excited about Nicole doing this than you guys have been the whole time. I still think it adds so much rankings once. I just, I just have so much excitement to see her do it more. I don't think she cares, but she just adds something to the field because there just aren't that many people with like boomer bust potential who could race that way as well. There's some people that could maybe pull out a day, but you know, if Nicole wanted to, she could just go out and set uh, set a hot pace. Mm-hmm. Or do something crazier for a while, and she won't. She's not going to go there. I wouldn't either if I were her. But it would be cool to see her dabble. The thing that I'm really excited about is last year. Uh, so thirty five fifty five is currently the twentieth place by time cutoff. Last year thirty five fifty two was twelfth. Miranda Klipinski. So you had basically eight new athletes show up and sh- and run as fast, if not faster, than before. Uh, last year we had five women under thirty four minutes. And this year, uh, you're up to six, but a lot of 34 lows. So Women's I think field. the sport has improved a lot. Women's field got a lot better, a lot better. So, I mean, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in this top 10, right? Like there's some athletes here who have serious choices to make when it comes to High Rock Sweden, not just the international athletes. Like yeah. if you're Meg Jacoby, if you're Lauren Weeks, if you're Vivian Tefuto, like these are, it would make sense depending on the, the, the payout right? What it's going to look like for high rocks, how much they seem to be a little bit more reliable in terms of timeliness of payout and what's on the line for a world championship qualifier for someone like Vivian or who knows what happens in Chicago, right? Like you, you would think that Meg, Lauren and Michaela punched their ticket that first time, but maybe not, maybe something happens and Lauren Weeks or Meg look at it like, I need to get this ticket punched. I'm going, I'm going to go to Sweden. So, so right now the DecaFit top 20, they will send out invites to those top 20. I think next week, um, this upcoming Sunday or Saturday, this weekend, basically you need to have your strong or mile mark or teams mark by the end of this weekend, or you will not have a chance to qualify at a later event, even if there's one held in October or November. So if you're listening and you're right on the threshold or whether on the right side or the wrong side, you might want to do one last attempt if there's one in your area just to kind of punch your ticket in case someone bumps you out. Um, but I I think that you'll, there's a two-week window starting, I guess, next week where they'll be sending out invites to those top 20 to declare that they're going to do it. And then after that, two weeks later, it'll be 21st on. They'll send in groups of 10 or so. Um, I think it's going to be first come, first serve for that. I don't know the exact reasoning uh, or the exact method for that but i think Mm -hmm. if i was one of those athletes who's considering going to sweden i think for the athletes who are just outside that like laurie winkleman or maddie or julia ashley who's sitting in 21st 22nd 23rd i think you know you should know within two weeks just for fairness for them if you're going to end up going to sweden or not just let them know so let's move along to the dudes we'll we'll get this no response no response. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're just running Before out of time. We move along. Can we give yeah. Alex Walker some love. Shout. She's starting to make my list of most well-rounded athletes in the sport. Yeah. 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 She, and, and she'll throw her hat in like a high rocks, high rocks doubles here mm-hmm. or there. She could win the Savage Series or get second later this year. Yeah. I mean, she's just been consistent and just like she keeps getting better and better too. Yeah. yeah. She's a workhorse. She puts in that mm-hmm. work. Can we move to the dudes now? Let's do it. Been waiting on, on you. to the dudes. Nick Riker 
taking it down. 30-15, Isaac Sanderson in second, 30-25. VJ finishing in third with 30-31. Then we had Glenn Race, Kyle Reed, Aaron Nolan, Chaz Hatton, Keith Hardwick, Isaiah Vidal, 32-36. Johnny Mares in 33-42, rounding out your top 10 there. Shouts to Gary Mitchell, too, finishing in 11th. Big PR. Um, OCR Nostradamus here. here. Nick Riker's pre- like, I don't like 30-20s anymore. I'm going 30-15. Who called it? Who did? I said he was cracking 30-20, and you guys like, never. Never. But. Is this the biggest win in Nick Riker's career? He usually gets second, so it probably he doesn't is. He doesn't win anything. So. <laughs> he's a chump. First I mean, and only. But, it, right? but that is true. Biggest win, right? Taking down someone like VJ. In this event, who VJ was, I think, the fourth seed coming into this event? Still is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still is with that time. So, And Isaac Sanderson shows a big improvement here as well. How much faster was his time here? 45 he seconds? Like 40 50 seconds, 50 seconds? faster. He got so. Yeah. yeah. He, he, yeah he, he, he more aggressive. Strategy. Yeah. Yep. He wasn't more aggressive. He was... He was super on aggressive on the stations last time. His he role was insane. aggressively this time. Yeah. He pulled a Ryland last time, and that's that's hard to, to do. He clearly had his breakthrough there, um, but big, big improvement. Pulling a Ryland is leading the stations and leading the running. <laughs> just go as hard as you can on all of them. Yeah. yeah. Why balance it when you can just do it all? When you just hammer it and be awesome. Win 20 out of 20. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. big, big moves on, on his end. Uh, VJ, like it was a really fun race to watch. You guys ca- mm. caught it? Yes, three three dudes, Shoe all heading into the bike. Right, they were all kind of together right at that point. Like I think mm-hmm. BJ kind of ran them down after. Uh, on pretty much all of them, and then coming into the bike, Riker's strong on that. He was under a minute with he's transitions. Really good. He's consistently in that fifty-five to sixty range every time he's on the bike. Then he runs seven-minute pace that next run. So, hey, give and take. But that was a great hey, way to qualify competition. Eight seconds faster. So. That's and the he, difference between time trialing and racing right there. I know. Yeah. He raced, and I loved it. But he's going to need a second option for championships. He, he can blow himself up on that bike, and that next run is pretty terrible. But then his dead ball overs don't suffer. In the past, when I blow myself up on that bike, it's the run and the dead ball overs that suffer. So he's able to, to mm-hmm. pull it back after that run and still get through the stations in as fast of a time that he needs. And his he back end is, is two minutes strong. basically. Yeah, he needs to do he needs to do better on these burpees. There's like there, he, he was one in at the end. Yeah, he was one fourteen on that. And he needs to be closer to sixty five. If you tuned in just for the burpees once they were all there, you would have thought he was in third place and yeah. getting past. Because VJ hammers uh, and Isaac hammers too. He's six, Isaac was sixty-two on the burpees, and VJ was VJ was right around a minute flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Still, yes, yeah, and then at, at Worlds you're gonna have guys like Ryland, you Kent, like <laughs> good burpeers there. Colin, you don't want to be slow on burpees at the end. No. Yeah, you're gonna have to be under sixty-five seconds at World Championships to hold to hold your position. You know, yeah. to, to not get passed by several people. So shout outs to Riker. Big win on his end. He was fired up. Yeah, VJ VJ ran a pretty good, pretty solid race. It, uh, I think he had some footwear issues. The Takumi send with the VJ bottoms. Didn't do it. He's got to send those to the trash. It's not 
as much about the compound as it is the tread. Seems like it. Basketball, you got to look to court shoes, basketball and tennis. What do they have in common? They have constant little grooves and variations on the bottom. You don't put exposed rubber, really. Uh-huh. And like so a, even like though a... he had his good rubber, it's just you, you want the opposite of surface area. You want as much surface area touching as possible with as much air as possible as well. Like they have to be tight together and always mixed up. That's what basketball mm-hmm. shoe bottoms are. And then so he went out and got a pair of uh, Adios Pro uh, 3s? Pink ones, whatever. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, uh, Endorphin Pro 3s. Endor- Endorphin Pro 3s. Yeah. And then when did it, another deck of it and did it like 31 minutes. <laughs> later that day um so i mean like i don't think he wins this race if he has uh better footwear he's probably a little bit he's definitely closer he's gaining 15 seconds on that sled alone he may he may get second and maybe some time on the turns here or there but uh so maybe he's close maybe he's he's low one uh low 30 20s but Riker just ran a a really good solid strong race there i hate the idea of the shoe being the narrative Right. But if we take that at face value, the shoe has ramifications beyond time. The only way to move a sled with a slippery shoe is to really clench your hamstrings and your, you have to get everything tight in order to get that thing moving. Cause you can't rely on just pressing into the ground. And that has, that has ramifications on the next run and the dead balls. And it, it just, it, it snowballs or dead balls were before that. Right. Yeah. Just but it, on the next run and the burpees, if you're clenching on turns and then accelerating afterward because you have to decelerate too much, I don't want to accept any post-race excuse. But if we do, it has more than just the time he lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a confidence thing. Going around turns, slipping out a little bit too. It's just like a little bit. Not, it's not. Re- you don't want to think about your footwear. No. It's too I bad because that is the perfect shoe for Decca. I know. He. It, <laughs> That's it should it it should be the one, but it's just it ain't it. I think him I think coming back and doing that doing that double in a pair of shoes that didn't cause him issues solo, like that's gonna help him forget about this weekend for championships. Oh yeah. So now that we look at the final list of the world championship uh tentative qualifiers. Rich Ryan Shadek. in the top ten still. Woo! Held on. I knew one it. second. Never a doubt. <laughs> in that fast heat, me. Yeah. Every, now Kent, Kent was hoping I wouldn't be in that fast heat, but now I'm in that fast heat. Now he's Brian, sweating. You, you said Rich needs to do the bare minimum to get into that fast heat, and uh-huh. he did the bare minimum to get into that fast One heat. One second different. Get into existence. That's pure execution, is what that yeah. is. Yep, that's fan- got, flawless decision making. The homie Marcus Wallace was looking out for me. He's like, mm, I'm just going to wait <laughs> here. Yeah, I'll go a little slower. And then cross the line. That's my guy. I love that dude. <laughs> so Dylan Scott's third seed. VJ Jones, four. Riker, fifth. Colin Steve for sixth. David McGee to seventh. Anas Zuri in eighth. Isaac Sanderson in ninth. Man, this is fast, dude. This is like 30. What was the cutoff what, last year? Isaac's actually getting me in sixth. I, for, I forgot to change the order right there. Oh, yeah, it didn't, but it didn't seem right. Whatever. Because he went 30-25. Regardless, it's the same group of 10 um, that will be in the first heat. He's the so truth. Jack, you're down now into 27th. Not Ooh. like my odds. Ruben won't come. 
Nolan, oh. Nolan will be Nolan will go age group. Aaron Nolan will go age group. John let, Clark. Let me tell you one. So if Aaron decides, Aaron had a fantastic race, by the way. So shout out to him. He he was ranked 81st, and then he comes in, just destroys it, and then runs a 31:54. He's in the 45 to 49 age group with John Clark. Uh, so I might Jeez. be a little nervous from John Clark at that point. Like thought he had it sealed. The buddies too, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're great guys. Um, but if Aaron decides to run elite, uh, Yancey said he and Cole Walkington, who both have a thirty-one fifty-four, will be offered the chance to race um, because of the tide time. Even though it'll Two it would places. result in twenty-one people if yeah, it's if that's the podium. case. Yeah, Skin podiums. They did that last year with the women's elite. Um, yeah. So I mean, where do you look up the up the line? Who 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 might not show? I mean, Josh is also definitely coming. Top 10 all showing up, top 15 all showing up. Glenn, he should. He wouldn't have raced this if he didn't plan on attending Worlds. Uh, Josh Gonzalez definitely is. Kyle Reed definitely is. So it's basically like Alphonse. That's it. Maybe hmm. if Aaron decides to do age group, but Aaron's doing Ruck also. Um, and the two of us are planning on doing teams. So. Even if I don't race, I'm going to rabbit you guys, help out with the commentary and stuff, um, and then come back and race with Aaron. But Have you done a team's qualifier? Yeah, we did it. Uh, we were both dead in Sacramento. I got oh. third in the in the elite race in the morning, and Aaron did, I forget what he, what he ran that day, but he did an individual and then the ruck, and then he came back, like, and we did teams, and we just died. Yikes. Like, John Clark and Chaz Hatton just... Gave us the business for uh, the first half of the race, and we're like, it's just, we're so sore. And I think we're sitting in like 15th place or so, so we won't even be in the fast heat for that. It's not out of the possibilities, Jack. Like, if you take out the people that are ahead of you and Alphonse, like, there was going to be, like, Mark Van Ant might not go. Alphonse, and I don't know, people get hurt. Yeah, Godet probably wouldn't realistically at this point. John Clark, if he does age group, who knows? Like Chaz Hatton will definitely do it. John Howard definitely will. So, well, does does like someone like Chaz or Kyle? Do they have have they run a an age group race this year, or have no, they gone? Kyle was in the same race. Uh, I think he was in Sacramento. No, that might have been Tate Cowley. Um, but Kyle's done a couple of races so far in the elite where he's run thirty two forty and sub thirty three. So, Got you it. never know about what High Rocks is going to do either. Someone True. might just decide to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think your odds are good, but it's not zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go to Sweden this year, dude. What about <laughs> Marcus Wallace? In our area, in within 15 minutes, there's a strong this weekend. And within an hour and a half, two hours, there is a mile. What's he doing? Strong. He's going to do he this strong. A, he doesn't have a strong time yet. You going to go? And he's 18 he low. He has a mile. Yeah. Is he, he's what was he ranked? It's like 1808 or something. He's right around Nick Riker's time. So he's got to be top 10. So he's not above the Riker line. The Riker line might be replaced in Decca. need to shift it. He still is the Riker line for High Rocks. Oh, yeah. But someone else is going to become the new line for Decca because Riker is... Who's the new one? We've got the list. Probably Alphonse. Is it Rich Ryan right now with his times? Could be. Alphonse is the Spanish man. I might get to see him. I might get to shake that hand. Glenn. Glenn's a good one. Yeah. Maybe you could be Alphonse Ryan when you go over to Madrid. Do that. I think when I make my glorious return in 2024, my goal is to be it, make it the bracket line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think that'll be possible. my new role in sport. Gatekeeper. I think, I think that that is doable. Yeah, Marcus right now is the fourth seed. 
in Mile. Yeah. He's all right. I mean, I'll, I'll see him again. What would there. you do I'm if you were him? For what? Drop fit and go Mile strong? I mean, he has a chance to – I think he has a chance to win Mile and, or strong. I mean, oh, what's his name's times aren't up here either. The way that – I mean, Mile might be – Mile might be his event. Well, Mile might is just with the way Kent and Ryland are going to be in form for Mile. Mile's going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, but I think he can be on the podium in Mile and, and Strong. I would like to see him in a fit, though. I'd like to, I don't know, do them all. So, so we did a comparison last year, uh, or for last year's time for the women. So, twenty-first place, Aaron Nolan's tied at thirty-one fifty-four. Last year, Forrest Bogue, twenty-first place, thirty-two forty-seven. So we are. 53 15. seconds faster great great love to hear it yeah i think i think the sport is developing you saw people like isaac sanderson joseph Cotto, jared newby throwing his hat and there like a lot of new people and then some of the people backfilling like josh gonzalez ran some good times uh kyle reed showing up and uh cole walkington he was an age group champion last year at Decker Worlds, leveling up to the elite division this year. Nice. So I think Love that. You've, you've seen some good uh, improvement across the board. All right. Let's wrap this up. Deca one, fit. One last thing to talk about. Deca dog. Deca dog 5,000. Very impressive. Dylan Scott with the most impressive athletic performance the entire weekend. I'm going to break that time. That's no problem for me. You're actually going to try it? I think if this, I get last, I'm in last right now. That's true. This year we should do it with pizza. I hate hot dogs. I'll do it with pizza or burgers. No. The point isn't to enjoy it. I yeah. know. Just so we're clear. I'm well aware. Yeah. You think pizza that, or burgers are going to make it any easier? The alliteration well, said, I don't work like as well. hot dogs. Good. He's out of here. Bye. <laughs> He's what so pissed heck? off about hot dogs. He hates you that know. idea and left. But that was very impressive. Uh, BK, what do you got on uh, Running Public? We actually had to record just prior to this i'm on hour Whoa. three of podcasting this morning just got a deer last night so or the night before so kirk and jess were out all night butchering helpless Killing animals just blood everywhere just loving it Pets, bathing everything. in it goodness yeah, yeah. heathen yeah, so, that's, we that's that's so we talked about how to end your season how to wrap up a season and how to start your off season out that's what did uh did you have a guest on friday no, he and I did our, uh, we did four important questions. I interviewed Kirk. Oh, yeah? Were they good four questions? Of the most commonly asked questions that we have either, get, either given lip service to or just answered with our own athletes, but never like dedicated time to it. So we talked about what exactly, like a, a, a long form version of four really commonly asked questions that we keep getting as coaches. I like it. Smart. We had full episode Ryan Kent and Meg Jacoby on. We got Oof. the Armar training app dropping on Friday. We're calling it Armar. That's us. So a lot of a lot of rebrand situation happened. The podcast is going to be called Armar Podcast here soon. So yeah, we just talked about Meg's race. Talked about going to Spain. That's what we're doing. So next week we'll be talking Armor. about Spain. It's just Armar. Armar. Yeah, thought about Armar, but yeah. So what, what does yeah. the layman think when they see your app? What's In our what like? Like it's just our like what? brand recognition. What does it say to them? I mean, 
It's Ryan can't make Jacoby Rich Ryan. That was just wanted to make it very clear who the people were behind it. We didn't really want to put hybrid in it anywhere because it was like armor. It have to be like armor hybrid training. And it's it doesn't just like – it doesn't distinguish anything or anybody mm-hmm. putting the word hybrid in your your training programs at this point. It's like – it's almost more confusing. So we wanted to kind of steer away from that and just make it clear. It's like this is us. So that's armor. And it looks good. I mean it does actually look pretty good like written out. So Who'd you get to there. do your app? Do you, it's a you it's a platform called this? Playbook. No, no, no. And it's we're not going to have to do any of the back end app stuff because that would just be a nightmare. I don't know how to do that at all. Mm-hmm. So that's right. You're using Playbook. Using Playbook. Yep. So it drops on Friday. Episode out this uh, that we just came out with. Talked about a whole lot of Meg Jacoby. A lot of prep for Spain. Next week we'll be here and we'll be talking about Spain. Talking about a lot of tapas. When you leave tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep. What's going to happen? Packed. What's going to happen? Gonna do in Spain, yeah. I'm going to run a high rocks race. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be friendly to anybody. <laughs> no one. I'm going to get you have there. Your tire picked out. The anti-Europe shirt. Yeah. I'm going to have the hood up, <laughs> headphones in, keeping it down, ready to Mom's fight. Spaghetti. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if the wall ball targets at eight feet, that'll be bet. That'll be nice. If the, the sandbags are 50 pounds, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Where are you sleds? right now in your fitness compared to your best high rocks ever? So I think if I had four more weeks, I could be as prepared as I possibly could be right now. So I'm kind of like on, on my way up. I don't think I'm in worse shape than where I was last year for Dallas, which was my PR. Okay. I think I've done a little bit more specific work getting ready for – like last year I was very focused on like speed, speed, speed. Um, and this year I'm kind of moving back into what I did in 2022 and working more on the grind and like the long pieces and just being familiar with the race. Um, and that's where I felt the most prepared. The Chicago North American championships was where I felt the most control. And I feel like I have control of where I am in, in these races now, as opposed to just being like, all right, let's hang on and see what happens in these last two stations. Now I'm like confident in those last two, two stations. I'm confident in like the, the totality of the event. So I feel good. I feel I feel as prepared as I possibly could be for right now. Okay. So it should be like a 54? 54 Something mid? Like yeah. Maybe they'll measure it with the uh, you know the CrossFit wheel. Give me some Make yards. A nice course for you. I love some yards. Some yards. They're yards. definitely doing yards over in Spain. 8,000 yards. That'd be great. Well, we're All pumped right. for you. Thanks, guys. Crush Thanks, it. Guys. Live stream? Probably, I don't think they do in, in Spain, but maybe I'll try to hand the phone to somebody maybe we talk about that on offline and we can maybe see if we can get something on race brain or something sweet good luck thanks yeah all right squad i'll talk to you soon